virus. But what we're seeing in the laboratory after people get these shots, we're seeing a very concerning locked-in low profile of these important killer T-cells that you want in your body. It's almost a, re a reverse HIV. In HIV, you lose your helper T-cells, your CD4 cells. In this virus, post-vaccine, what we're seeing is a drop in your killer T-cells, your CD8 cells. And what do CD8 cells do? They keep all other viruses in check. What am I seeing in the laboratory? I'm seeing an uptick of herpes family viruses. I'm seeing um, herpes, I'm seeing shingles, I'm seeing mono, I'm seeing a huge uptick in human papillomavirus uh, in the cervical biopsies and the cervical pap smears in women. In addition to that, there's a, a little infectious you know, bump that kids get called molluscum contagiosum. What do you need to keep that in check? You need CD8 uh, killer T cells. I am seeing a 20 times increase in individuals over the age of 50 of this little bump in rash. Um, you know, that's innocuous, but it, what it tells me is the immune status of these individuals who have gotten the shot. We're literally weakening the immune system of these individuals. Now, most concerning of all is there's a pattern of these types of immune cells in the body that keep cancer in check. Well, since January 1, in the laboratory, I've seen a 20 times increase of endometrial cancers over what I see on an annual basis. A 20 times increase. I'm not exaggerating at all. Because I, I look at my numbers year over year, I'm like, gosh, I've never seen this many uh, endometrial cancers before. I'm seeing invasive melanomas in younger patients. Normally, we catch those early in their thin melanomas. I'm seeing thick melanomas skyrocketing in the last month or two. Um, I'm already seeing the early signals. And we are modifying the immune system to a weakened state. Great study out of Germany that looked at these profiles on young individuals after the Pfizer showing this locked in, and we don't know how long, maybe the immune system you know, is gonna regenerate and those ratios will go back up, but who's studying it? And where are the long-term trials? Two months, four months, how long is this profile locked in? We don't know. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Well, Monday, February 7th, 2022. Thank God we got that started. There's something crazy going on today, I'll tell you that. As always, it seems like we're, everything is conspiring against us to get the information out today as I drop my pen even as we get the show started. Very frustrating. I don't need to go into all of it today, but as always, we have these things happen behind the scenes. I was supposed to start almost an hour ago. The entire thing crashed with, thank God, actually, as I look through the information today, what I had planned for today mostly isn't affected. I did lose a lot of research on things that I had prepared, but what actually got affected more than anything was all the stuff that I had set aside for tomorrow. Really long, like weeks worth of, worth of work around the sterilizing immunity conversation and their recent studies and the Red Cross discussion that just recently came back up again. And of course we lost all of it, but you know, that's part of the job because they're desperately afraid of what we're trying to show you guys. And all it does is as much as it does frustrate me, it actually motivates me to work all the harder, which is what you saw after I got censored on Twitter. I went for like nine days straight, right? That's what will happen today is going to be a long show. Hopefully we get through it. I don't see any issues happening right now, but I, something's going on. I can just tell by the fact that there's, I mean, I, 
emptied out my computer and it was it's barely functioning for me right now. Probably going to have to get something new tomorrow. That's just the way this works. We can even make that work. But the point being, this is just emptied out with massive amounts of memory and everything else sitting there. People have checked this to make sure that it functions the way realistically what I have in front of me should be able to do three times what I do at the most. Today, it's still barely functioning and everything's freezing on me. You guys probably can't see that, but let's get into it. Just want to give you a quick understanding of why that took a minute and I apologize for the delay. But I think we really need to take away from all of this, whether that's what happened now or really just looking at the censorship, that what you're doing out there and what we're continuing to do, the conversations we're having, a great one with High Impact Flicks today, the information and just the critical thinking, objective perceptions that come out of this kind of stuff is exactly what they're desperately afraid of. We're just going to keep going. We're going to keep trying, keep pushing, regardless of whether it's a new this or a new that or a new location, a new platform, we're going to keep going for you because that's all that matters. The last thing they care about, obviously, is you. But there will be things today that will probably be a little slightly clunky. I'm going to tell you that right now as, I, as my computer just froze on me. And we're back. <laughs> I hope. Jiminy Christmas. This is ridiculous. You know, see, my point is I'm going to keep going through this today, guys. I think we're back now. Just keep prepared for some weirdness. I'll do my best to get through this without, you know, worrying about the bells and whistles. Let's get into the information because that's all that really matters, right? To start off. I wanted to, well, and just a quick run over since I didn't get a chance to do that. We're going to have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the HIV, coronavirus, COVID-19, and then also vaccine of COVID-19 connection through all this. A very interesting crossover that we've been talking about intermittently throughout all this, but really we're going to dive in a little bit today, not, in, not in, as much as we could. We're also going to talk about interesting conversations that are being had right now around new threats. Essentially, we're going to talk about collapsing athletes and the supposed debunk by CNN that Brian and I talked about a little bit earlier this morning. We're going to talk about uh, what was the other discussion here. Oh, let me just, I'm just going to jump into it in, in general since I, since you guys, I already had you guys waiting for an hour before we got started or they essentially did or whatever happened. You know, start off today. I want to give another quick shout out to the T-Lab Pirate Post concept. So uh, Pirate Vagabond here, somebody who made an account just made it specifically to be able to let me use it, which I'm really happy to see. And I just did a shout out today. And I said, love the name, love the idea, like just the way it's going. Now, I think I see how we can fit this into Twitter. I want to just a quick moment to understand how, you know, everybody right now is really impassioned to fight, uh, to fight back, whether it's the protests, or the tr truckers for freedom, which we do have a huge part on today. So make sure you stay tuned to the end. There's a lot going on right now that's motivating people to stand up and push back. And if you'd like to do that in regard to the censorship on Twitter specifically or anywhere else we're being censored, create an account that you don't that you're not concerned about losing because that's how this works with pirate posts is they're going to come after them. So if you have an account that you're not worried about losing, you don't care about Twitter, you know, if, especially if it's got a reasonable following, send me the information. Okay? If you want to change the name, you can. T-Lab, Pirate Post, Pirate, Vagabond, whatever you want. Send it to me. We will use it. Now, the idea, though, is the only way this works, if you'd like to help us make this work, because you guys know Twitter works in regard to the network, right? If you'd like to help this work, one thing you need to do is continue to look for TLAB Pirate Post hashtags, because if this is going to be different accounts, it's important that we continue to use that so we see each other, and as well as the fact that people can see it if I'm doing it so they know where to look for it. They'll probably censor that, too, but it's a starting point. But then also, the important part is that we continue to follow automatically. Right. So if we want to keep using Twitter, which I argue that most people should be finding anything else. My point in being here is to try to reach those people that are lost. Now, nonetheless, I still know that a lot of you are going to stay anyway. My point is. It looks like we, you lost me again for a minute. Yeah, probably. Just read in the chat. 
that you need to continue to seek out these new channels and follow them so we don't lose that network, right? That's the only way I see this really working. So I'm going to continue to try to do this. Right now, we're still using the Doodleblog account, which is my assistant's account, essentially. What is? And (laughs) she graciously let me use that we're going to continue to post on and so on. And we're going to try to jump around anyway. So that's the point of it. As I put with you, this is the post I was talking about. Love the name. Let's show them their censorship no longer scares us, right? We're now content outlaws. We're, we're and not in the sense of pirating content, right? But we are pirates of content. We are out there trying to create this content and get it in front of people that they don't want you to see. And as I've talked about in the past, the historic concept of pirates are, is greatly misunderstood. And in fact, it stems from the Navy itself, the British Navy, and they were defectors from people that got tossed aside that weren't useful for the, for the government anymore. And they, they felt completely lost and felt completely discarded. And so they started attacking those ships and fighting back and, and, you know, and, and using their skills. Now, yes, a lot of the people in that time or any time for that matter were probably bad people doing terrible things and abusing that black market style situation. But the point is, if you actually read the history, there's a lot of these people that were not necessarily terrible people. They were just simply there by default because of where their government put them. Starting to sound familiar? And so the point is that when you're dealing with a fraudulent, completely tyrannical government, often fighting back in that way is not necessarily the wrong path. And I'm not even trying to get into violence. I'm just trying to throw show parallels to where we are today. Pirate radio is a good example in history of people that were choosing to broadcast from locations where they couldn't stop them. Thinking like even like a matrix matrix concept. That's what this is. Broadcasting the truth as we see it, of course, which we believe is not just our opinion, but the truth. So we're now content outlaws, not by choice, but by necessity, not out of a desire to hurt, destroy or manipulate, but to fight for the truth. So join us. Now, I want to start off with something I think is really important. I'm actually really surprised. I mean, I had seen the conversations around this. You guys know that I've been touching on a lot of these conversations, whether it's Ukraine or Syria, and, and just kind of giving you the overview. Robert Inlakesh has been doing a great job keep writing some articles for T-Lab on this discussion or all these discussions. And I've heard this kind of floating around. I even saw this article, to be honest. But because I'm so... And this is kind of what I was trying to, the, the other day, thinking to myself, like, I need to make sure that I'm not... I just need to take a step back in a lot of ways. And I don't mean this. I'm not in any way suggesting my COVID coverage up until now was not absolutely paramount. And I still think it is. I'm still, that's absolutely the most important thing happening in the world, in my opinion. But I'm actually mad at myself that I didn't see this. U.S. again tries to pass off government assertions as evidence. Now, this is exactly, what's funny about this is this is, I could have given you exactly what I did report to you for my opinion and what I know from the past and the history and the evidence in front of us today is exactly what seems to be happening. Surprise, surprise. But you have to watch this, and we're going to go through this together. To start off with a foreign policy point, U.S. again tries to pass off their assertions as evidence. I love this picture, by the way. I almost probably should have used that today. Caitlin Johnstone doing an excellent job, as always, talking this, talking about this. You can read this for yourself, and she always does a great job and very entertaining writing as well. But I just want to talk about this. This was actually even brought up to, with, uh, I forget who brought this up when I was on somebody else's show. And I just simply commented, oh, I love Matt Lee in general, but I, for, I didn't realize this is what happened. Now, take, you, take a look. You're going to love this. Let's watch this together. Actually, I believe I think I actually downloaded it. And I want to make an important point about what this is and why this is so very relevant for everything else going on. Even the rolling back of the COVID narrative and how this is starting to take parts of that in our attention. This is incredible. And what this shows you is not only that this is always how the government has been and how they see themselves, but how what COVID has done to their perception of how we respond. 
Like literally just to sum this up in one phrase, this is the government standing there telling you because we say it, it is evidence because we're asserting this because we're putting forward our idea that is that is now the reality. And now he's even upset that Matt Lee is not happily taking that and running with it. And it just shows you how he's just exacerbated. He's like, how are you, why are you not just towing the line? Watch this. This is I, it's, And trust me, this is entertaining. Like this is not some take your medicine kind of moment. This is I, I laughed watching this and you're going to laugh with me right here. Actions such as these suggest otherwise suggest meaning that they suggest and. And and to give you a quick background, sorry, because the the, the, tar- the article title didn't really give it to you. This is Matt Lee in a State Department briefing where he's talking about Ukraine. He's talking about Russia. Now, briefly, as we've talked about before, for those that might not know the situation, we're talking about, and you know what? This is where I was going to do this. I closed this because I closed this because I, I didn't, I was worried it was crashing. Maybe this, this was what was adding to it. But I want to show you this for, and even before we get into this, for those that may not know this. And this, and this is, you know, the general location of what we're talking about here. And, and this may seem remedial for a lot of people, but trust me, most people don't understand this stuff. And it's not, and it's not by because anybody's necessarily dumb. It's because of the, the people, the, our governments, and the way we're taught. They don't teach you understand this. The f- simple example is that why we, why don't we get taught about the Federal Reserve? Why don't we get taught about all these things that are a crucial part of the way our? Because there's more going on there. But here's the point. For those who don't understand, this gigantic landmass is Russia. Right here with the red, oh, just here, just put another dot there so you can see it. That dot right there, that big area right there. Right here, literally along the border, and actually incredibly close to Moscow, you know, you know, relatively speaking, is Ukraine. Right here. Right next to it. Literally sharing a border. Now, all the way over here, way over here is the United States. Either way you go, way over here. Okay, so we're way far away in regard. Well, I mean, you could make an argument, Alaska and Russia. That's not the point, though. The point is simply about talking about Ukraine and Russia. And the idea that in the context of Russia and the United States or any other variant there, variation therein, if, if anything Russia was doing was even a fraction of as close as that to what to, to the United States, they would lose their collective minds. And rightly so, if they're doing military actions alongside their borders. Okay, so let's make sure that's clear. So what's happening today, not only not to get into, and we should because I've talked about it before, it's very important. Ah, hold on. People are telling me the screen's frozen. Hold on. Let me make sure you guys can see this. Can you see it now? I'm going to go as if you can see it. Let me know in the chat. It's like I said, just bear with me. We're going to have these weird little things where things just freeze on us. So continue. I'll wait. I'm going to keep going. Let me know if you guys don't see it. Okay. So going back just to quickly refresh, we're talking about Russia here. Big ultimate landmass, obviously. Red right there. (laughs) Red dot being Ukraine. Right there along the border. Right. And my point was simply going that way over here is the United States. So just taking Cuba as a good example, right? If Russia was literally right inside Cuba, and I'm talking literally because we know that there are U.S. forces involved, at least, you know, ad- advisors, <laughs> I promise you there's more than that. The bottom line is on top of that, these are assets of the U.S. government. They're openly working alongside them, right? And this is exactly why, because they're allies, Cuba, Venezuela, the U.S. government makes a huge deal about them simply even being allies, even coming near Venezuela, right? 
So the point being is that right now, as we understand it, with the with the way that it actually went down, we're talking about the Crimea situation, how, the the misrepresentation of what the reality was. Crimea specifically with the referendum, overwhelmingly voting to join Russia, and then the U.S. not liking that and framing that as something that it was the opposite and just making it up. And verifiably so, we've proven this throughout history. They just keep going with the narrative. Sound familiar? Exactly what we're dealing with today. Now, the point is that Ukraine is absolutely a classic, a, a historical regime change location for the U.S. government involving others as well. We're focusing on U.S. today, and they completely are in, and, and the Russia knows this, but so does the rest of the world. Like, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous joke to pretend that the U.S. government didn't stick its fingers in Ukraine and place a government, by the way, a openly white supremacist authoritarian government that as they pretend they're fighting that elsewhere, which is absurd. And now Russia sees them moving and not even not even UK. We're talking about U.S. forces all over. So Russia is rightly putting forces in places. Why wouldn't you on your own territory? So the idea is if you're putting tr- troops along the border in your territory and that's framed as some kind of a movement or an action because of what the U.S. government or rather before you even get there. That's ridiculous, especially then when the U.S. government is making moves that close to your border. Like, this is just basic. Now, that's in no way to suggest that Russia wouldn't take advantage of a situation and do all sorts of things, even exactly what they're claiming. But the point is, from a standpoint of actually being logical, this is absolutely 100% what the U.S. government is creating, hyping, and making happen, especially even in regard to classical NATO conversations, Gorbachev, and the idea of whether they weren't supposed to cross certain areas, which we all know to be true. So here we are in a situation now where they're freaking out about things they've driven into reality, just like everything, and I'm talking about the U.S. government, just like they've done plenty of times before, where they've created problems, then going, look, look, look at that, look at that dangerous thing, now we have to go in. Syria, Bolivia, Venezuela, over, well, technically, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you could literally say, there's been many times the U.S. government has gone into Venezuela. Now, there, I don't want to get off too, on a, too far off on a track, but the point is, coming back to the, they're not this conversation, what they're discussing here is what is the kind of crux of the conversation. This is why this is so important to me. As you've seen already, and we've discussed, they're literally arguing that Russia is about to create a false flag event using crisis actors. Now, that's to me, that's okay. What was it? Was it Thursday? Right. I mean, it's not a shock at all that Russia, the U.S., or any of these governments would carry out complete, completely art, wag the dog situations, whether literally fake or using real situations and using it in a fake way. That happens so regularly. If you don't know that, it would make your head spin. So the point, and this isn't my opinion. This is stuff that we historically and all the way through today, we've proven on this show and elsewhere. So now we're in a situation where the U.S. government who is absurd, uh, who is, would you say crisis actor? They will call you conspiracy theorist. Even though there are actual posts from the Department of Defense talking about crisis actors, they'll act like you're a conspiracy loon. So the point is when he points out that they're doing it over there, Matt Lee's comments are rightly in, uh, justified that you guys are, they're trying to paint a picture and maybe to make you think that they're conspiracy theorists. I don't know how they're trying to frame this, but anyway, to get into the clip, here's where there are back and forth about that happening. And the way Matt Lee takes him to task is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. President talks and they're going to go ahead with some. So you said actions such as these suggest otherwise suggest, meaning that they suggest they're not interested in talks and they're going to go ahead with some kind of a, what action are you talking about? One, the actions I've just pointed to. Uh, the what fact, action? What? The, the fact that Russia continues to engage uh, in disinformation well, uh, campaigns. You know, you've made an allegation that they might 
do that? Have they actually done it? Uh, what we know, Matt, is what we what I have just said, that they have engaged in. So I, just, you know, I'm going to stop this mo- many times. The point is that right out of the gate, right out of the gate, he's telling you he starts off by saying the tr- they're doing this because we just told you. And all he does is simply go, wait, but you just said you, you suggested that. And then he dives in even remotely and he goes, well, because of like, basically past actions. Oh, so you don't know. You saying based based on what we've claimed they've done before, therefore what they might do now is what's happening. I mean, that's not even a joke. That's actually what he's saying. And mo- and this is what they are simply taking the other people in the room. D- take note of the way this guy glances at everybody else. Like, can you can you look? Can you can you believe this guy? Totally trying to get to the truth. What a moron! Right? They are all in this club, right? And I, not to suggest Matt Lee might not be a part of it too, but he always seems to be poking the bear and challenging their narratives. It just note how ridiculous that is. First thing he says. Engage uh, in disinformation well, uh, you campaigns. Know, you've made an allegation that they might do that. Have they actually done it? Uh, what we know, Matt, is what we what I have just said, that they have engaged in this activity, well, uh, in this planning well, activity. Well, but, but let me, let me because, because obviously this is, not, this is not the first time we've made uh, these reports public. You'll remember that just a few well, weeks I, ago. I'm sorry, you, made, made, made what report public? Right. If you'll and, let me finish, I will okay. tell you what report we what, made okay. public. Information. Uh, we told you a few weeks ago that we have information indicating Russia also has already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. So that now, now, right there, first of all, how would they know that, right? And this is the point. First of all, prove to us that's happening. This is what Matt's saying. You can say it all you want. You can say, we saw this. Well, see, his, this guy's frustration is that Matt's not taking their narrative at face value. That, this is my point. Doesn't this show you how far we've shifted? Like before, that's always been the case. But this guy is just like, he can't even understand why Matt's not just going, because you said it, therefore it's the truth. Because that is what they expect. I just find this to be very revealing with where we are right now. Matt, to your question, is an action that Russia has already well, taken. It's an action that you say that they have taken, right. but you have shown no evidence to, 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 to confirm that. And also, and on top of that, how do you know they're preparing a false flag event? Like if you're, if you haven't even proven that they're present in that location, what's the next stage of that? So this is all just hinging on the fact that they, guess what guys? Intelligence community says, does that sound familiar? <laughs> that sound relevant to our conversation of the 30 other false flag manipulations that your government's carried out throughout the recent, I mean, for crying out loud, Russiagate, we could name off everything over the last I mean, how far do you even want to go back? Very, very shortly, just before COVID-19, we saw this kind of influence, this rapid rise of all these manipulations. It's the same, it's the same exact idea. And I'm going to get to the next question here, which is, what is the evidence that they, I mean, this is like crisis actors, really? This is like Alex Jones territory you're getting. Now, I see that I disagree with. I mean, the idea is that if just for everyone knows out there, crisis actors is simply an idea of somebody who is paid to carry out like they use them in in, in uh, their their exercises, right, where they carry out these exercises to plan for pandemics, they say, or for plan for military actions. And, you know, there's a lot more around that conversation, but that's a real thing. They put out ads for it and all. Right now, could that then be used to carry out things like maybe the White Helmet Syria scenario, which was verifiably proven a thousand different ways? Yes. In fact, they were even had videos that they got. This is very clear stuff. So it's weird even for someone like Matt Lee to push back on that. But, that, you know, that, come to your own conclusions about that. But that's a very real thing. Um, what evidence do you have to support the idea that there is some propaganda film in the, in, in the making? 
Matt, this is derived uh, from information known to the U.S. government, intelligence ah, information that we have declassified. I think you well, know. Okay, well, where, where is it? Where, where is this information? This is the important it is part. It's intelligence information that we have declassified. Well, where is it? Where is the declassified information? See, he, I just delivered it. You see, this guy is I'm I genuinely believe this guy doesn't even this is the same situation as reporters in the so-called news media believing that by simply by like when you ask how do you know for sure they're going to be like the CDC told you, you dummy. Right? And you ask, well, and that's not what I'm asking. I know the CDC said that. How do you know for sure that that's what the truth is? And they go, because the CDC just told you. Like they don't even understand that you're saying, look, you should question their statement you should look into what they're saying find the source material verify how they got there and verify that there's not i mean a thousand things you should do especially as a media person or whatever you see look at his face like this guy is the talking head this is the this guy in my opinion is the don lemon you know uh reliable sources type carry he knows a lot more than them but this guy is the one trotted out there to deliver the narrative this guy doesn't really know that's my opinion so my point is when he's pointing, po putting it to him, I, I hear you, man, but where is the evidence? I hear you saying that. And he's going, I just literally said it to you that he, so in his mind, the evidence is that we have evidence that says this is happening. That's the evidence. Does, does that not strike you as the dumbest thing you could ever say out loud? But this guy is confused that Matt doesn't understand that. <laughs> I just, this is, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's one of, it's one of the most ridiculous videos I've seen in a long time. I think you well, know. Okay, well, where where is it? Where Where is this information? It is intelligence information that we have declassified. Well, where is it? Where is the declassified information? <laughs> I just delivered it. No, you made a series of allegations and would statements. You, would you like us to print it out the topper? Because you will see a transcript of this briefing that you can print out for that, yourself. That's not evidence, Ned. That's you saying it. That's not evidence. I'm sorry. God dang it. That's the most obviously basic thing in the world. And I genuinely think this guy does not get that. Doesn't get it. Sorry. What would you like, Matt? I, I would like to see some evidence that you that that, that 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 you can show. See, you see that? that? This is my point right there. This guy is making eye contact with other reporters and going, "Geez, here he goes again, Matt Lee and his truth seeking." Right? <laughs> watch the watch his look. It's hilarious to me. What would you like, Matt? I, I would like to see some proof that you that right here. That, that, that. that you can show that, that more than once too. Matt, you have that, been that, that shows you, that 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 you, shows that the Russians are doing this. Ned, I've been doing this for. A I long know that time. was my point. As, you you as have you, know. you you have been doing this for quite a while. You know I that have. when we declassify intelligence That's information, right. and I we do so in, in a means. We do so. We do so with an eye to that, protecting that sources and methods. Is not going to fall. Ah. I remember a lot of things. Yeah, like WMDs, he references. I remember a lot of things you guys stressed as absolute fact that totally didn't go the way you said it did. Now, just just for the record, I'm not saying I know for sure that this guy doesn't just completely know this and it just i mean that obviously that's their job but my gut tells me by the way his his facial reactions like those the most people aren't good at controlling the the react reflexive reactions and the way he responded there is kind of like really and that could just be that he's baffled that matt would challenge him like this certainly possible but my point overall is not to say that i know how he's thinking but to show you how much this has shifted right where if you don't accept what they're stating as absolute fact, you're ridiculous in their mind. You're a conspiracy theorist if you don't blindly trust what any level of authority is telling you because don't you know they're fighting for you, you crazy conspiracy? That's where we are. Now, that's not the majority in my opinion. That's what they're projecting as the majority. But it's having an effect.
So where, where, where is the declassified information other than you coming out here and saying? Matt, I'm sorry you don't like the format, uh, but we have declassified format. It's format. The content. Right. I'm sorry you don't like the content. I'm sorry it's you. I'm sorry like you are doubting just... the information that is in the possession of the U.S. government. No, I, I, what I'm telling you is, I mean, you see how he's framing that. So you're. So again, I'm sorry that you just won't take our word for it. Yeah, Th- and that's acceptable to everybody else, apparently, except Matt Lee. Is that this is information that's available to us? We are making it available to you uh, in order uh, for a couple reasons. One Statements. is to attempt to deter the Russians from going ahead with this activity. Two, in the event we're not able to do that, in the event the Russians do go ahead with this, to make it clear as day, to lay bare the fact that this has always been an attempt on the part of the Russian Federation to fabricate a pretext. Yeah, but you don't have any. Evidence. Any evidence to back it up other than what you're saying? I mean, like, I'm almost laughing because Matt Lee is just like, do you really want me to say it again? Like, you don't have it. You're stating things and you're going fact. And I can't believe you don't want this stated out printed fact that I'm stating because we said it and that, therefore it's a fact. Uh, it's just so silly. It's like you're saying, we think we, we, we have information the Russians may do this. But you won't tell us what the information well, is. That, and then when, when, that, when you're that, asked, that, that is the idea behind when, deterrence, Matt. When, that is the idea behind asked, deterrence. And when it is asked, our hope that the Russians don't go forward with this. Is, you say, I just gave it to you. But that's <laughs> not what, you. You seem not to not understand. You seem not to no, understand no, no, the Matt, idea of deterrence. We are trying to deter the Russians from moving forward with this type of activity. That is why we are making it public today. If the Russians don't go forward with this, that is not. Uh, ipso facto, an indication that they never had plans to do so. Uh, but then it's unprovable. <laughs> exactly the point, is it not? So they don't do it. They just hurt us and they stopped. I mean, they're, this is them tapping into exactly what people that they're calling conspiracy theorists, not like us, because people like us that have ca- talked about these false flag conversations in the past don't play it like that, where it's, we were right, they were going to do it. When they don't do it, it's proof that they didn't do it. That's ridiculous. That's what people that, that's what they point to as conspiracy theorists. Right. We're over here pointing at historical background, what they've done before, what we can prove based on on the ground research and blah, 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 and on and on and on, like Siri and everything else. They're taking the line of what they call conspiracy theorists. And that's what's most it's this feels intentional to a degree. It just doesn't it doesn't even add up unless they're just lost and completely what they think we're capable of as as the population of this country intelligence wise. My God, what is the evidence that you have that suggests that, that, that the Russians are even planning this? Matt, you, I mean, I'm not you, saying that they're not, but you just come out and say this and expect us just to, to, to believe it right. without you showing a shred of evidence that it's actually true. Other than when I ask, or when anyone else asks, what's the information? You said, well, I just gave it to you. This <laughs> was just you making a statement. Matt, you said yourself, you've been in this business for quite a long time. You know that when we make information, uh, intelligence information public, we do so uh, in, a, in a way that protects sensitive sources and methods. You also know that we do so, we declassify information only when we're confident in that information. Yeah, you if, you doubt, if you information. doubt the, the credibility of the U.S. government, of the British government, uh, of other governments, and want to uh, you know, find uh, solace in information that uh, the solace? Russians are putting out, uh, that is uh, that is for you to do. I'm not asking. Right. So he basically just accused him of being a Russian disinformation agent. I mean, this is pathetic. And that, I mean, that, well, I'm not the only one that took it that way. I mean, it's it's that is a cheap shot when you clearly are on the, the defensive, knowing that he's calling you out for your BS. And you just basically give him the, the classic trope. Oh, you must be a Russian shill then. Go at it, media. Right. I mean, that's it's it's 
feckless, meek. It, it, it is absolutely baseless, but that's what they do. That's like everything else he's saying right here. With what the Russian government is putting out, and, and what, John, do you mean, what is it supposed to be? Officials are describing uh, very specific scenes, but do they actually have a video? Exactly. The, the fact that we are able to go into such great detail, uh, obviously I'm not going to spell out what is in our possession, but I will leave uh, I will leave it to you. Uh, ah, okay, so you see what he wanted you to do right there? You see the fact that we went in such great detail? Wink, wink, must imply we have it, don't you think? Right, that's what he, he won't, go ahead and assume that. That's what he's telling them to do. I'll leave it to you to assume what I just winked at and nudged in your direction, that we must have a video because we wouldn't know the things we said otherwise. And how are we supposed to know that? How do we confirm that you didn't just make things up, which you've done before? This is absolute garbage. But if you haven't seen who these people are, this should be enough by now. I mean, for crying out loud, these guys are wild manipulators. And I'm not just talking about the U.S. government, people. This is just one action, one part of this massive manipulation. And I don't think that the Ukraine, all this stuff, I mean, there's, this is interconnected. It, it, it feels that way at the very least. I, I will leave that to your uh, to your judgment. Yeah, to your there are no facts that you've spelled out. Look how frustrated he gets. This was intended to come out in the coming days. We've we've said then for some time now that the Russians uh, have positioned forces. Uh, they have undertaken preparations that in their territory. Oh no. Sort of like when Iran moved boats in their own harbor and Bolton made that out to be an action that was justifiable for war. And lots of bad things happened after that until later we found out they were just moving boats in their own harbor. You know, sort of like that. Uh, if Putin decides to move forward with an invasion, uh, they're positioned to do so. They are poised to do so. In the coming day. One, just one, one last thing. They're positioned to do so. They are poised to do so. In the coming day. One, just one, one last thing. I didn't notice that cut earlier. That's interesting. I hope I didn't grab the wrong one. Last thing. I'm not buying into Russian propaganda, but I'm also not going to buy into See, even I even I motion he makes right there. Right. So by simply discounting that by simply not taking your statement as absolute fact with nothing to back it up, even so, by saying I'm not a Russian agent. He rolls his eyes. This this is a this is a representative of the U.S. government. Day. One just one one last thing. Like, I, I'm not buying into Russian propaganda, but I'm also not going to buy into that's pathetic. An I'm not accusa- asking you an to... accusation. Yes, you are. You're saying the proof is that I just said it. Right. So let me just get him, appeal Matt. to you. On behalf of all of us, and the American people, and the people of the world, and the Russian people, and the Ukrainian people, one piece of evidence to suggest that the Russians are planning to use crisis actors to stage a false mass casualty event to use as a pretext. Just one piece, Okay. Yeah, anything. Not you or Kirby or Jen or John Finer or Jake saying. With their smug dismissal, but how, you know, like looking at you like, you dumb idiot, how dare you not just completely know that we're right, which is what they do. Just wait for the the CNN debunk later because it's the exact same thing. Just smug, pompous dismissal without any evidence to back it up. Same thing. This is what is so. And then you turning around and saying, well, because we said it, it's a fact. So let me one let, piece of let me one make, piece of verifiable evidence. Let, let me make let me make a, a couple broad points, and I I, I acknowledge this will probably unset, be unsatisfactory to you in the moment. Uh, but uh, here's what I think you know, uh, what I certainly know, uh, what everyone here knows. There are a hundred thousand Russian troops encircling Ukraine right now. Uh, encircling them, huh? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, think, think about how ridiculous the narrative is with what they've driven with the fact that Biden and his administration just simply floated an idea that they were about to do something. No evidence to back it up. And that has from that moment, this is where we are now. Right. Where their actions have driven the for Biden's administration to put more troops in Europe. And then when Russia puts troops forward because of this or however you want to look at it on their territory, this is somehow a provocation. The provocation is the way the U.S. government has pushed, pushed and driven this absolute propaganda narrative into a point where people actually think that it's going to come to some sort of kinetic conflict. Or even this Ukraine stands up and says they're not doing anything. Nothing's happening. But guess what doesn't stop? Biden's narrative or rather the U.S. government using Biden to make a narrative. Uh, approaching Ukraine's borders, close to the borders. There are thousands of Russian troops uh, with the potential for some 30,000 Russian troops to stream in to Belarus. Uh, all of these forces are positioned, could well be. Could, maybe, possibly, may, you know, I mean, so how about all the places where the U.S. government's positioned right now? Why don't we go to every one of those places and go, oh, oh they could right now rush into the next capital right there. They could do it here. They could do it there. They could do it in a thousand places right now where they're all right up against places where they're trying to push into. Or how about we look back at places like Bolivia where that already happened or places like Syria where that already happened or places like Iraq where that already happened or places like Afghanistan where that already happened. Right. Point that out in regard to, I mean. This is ridiculous. If you even if you don't know the stuff we're talking about, then it's time for then take it upon yourself to dive into everything I mentioned right there, and you'll realize who the real provocator is here. Position provocateur makes that decision uh, to uh, engage on Ukraine in a coordinated assault. Uh, we also know uh, that the Russians have resorted to these tactics in the past, uh, have uh, developed a remarkably similar playbook in 2014 amassed troops uh, engaged in 2014, it is a historical fact, uh, engaged in disinformation and propaganda to paint Ukraine as the aggressor, uh, fabricated <laughs> a pretext for an invasion, and went in. So with what we know... Yeah, and, and how did that end up again exactly? 99% of what it just listed off was a complete, utter, nonsensical fabrication. But, you know, go through, look at, just type in TLAV. Or excuse me, Ukraine and TLAV, and just look up the information. Or better yet, look on people that that have been, you know, do decades long research in that exact situation, and you'll find very clearly that that's not even remotely what happened. And this is the exactly what he's painting is exactly what the U.S. government can, engaged in by framing this in a massive propaganda push to be what they wanted to be, then justified their regime change that they now are in control of. Like that's the reality. And here we are again, from eight years ago. With what we have seen, you and I both have seen, everyone has seen, with what we have heard eight years ago, in the ensuing eight years, uh, and in recent weeks, um, it seems to me that uh, it should not be outlandish uh, ah, that your assumptions may be uh, engaging well, in this okay, activity fine, but not again. being outlandish doesn't right. mean that you have any proof that it's exactly. that is happening. Exactly. Or being the planned. Point, the Hold on, point. Ned, you can't just... All of that may very well be true, probably is true, okay? But it doesn't provide any evidence of what you're alleging now, which is that they're planning this mass fake mass casualty event with quote-unquote crisis actors, which is something that, you know, in the U.S., we rarely hear outside of the kind of, you know, nutty conspiracy theory. And anytime it's even uttered, it's dismissed as ridiculous, and here they are floating the same idea. And by the way, again, it's not ridiculous um, uh, crowd. 
well, to be to be clear, we're not alleging what the United States is doing. Uh, this is ah, information okay. to us. No, no, the right. So as long as you point at the bad guy and say they're the ones doing it, right? And it makes sense, right? Because they're conspiracy theorists, because they're bad guys, right? So therefore, they would do it. Like that. That that's the the gist of this. <laughs> that's not by accident. I mean, they're trying to couch. They're trying to frame. Like it's almost like they're trying to cross over the whole like alt right crisis. You know, the QAnon, which they're all they're trying to tie all that in the same area and then lump that onto the other people just because well they must be too right i mean it's it's clumsy it's lazy questions are up to i understand your point but i just want to you do because i mean uh, you're treading into serious waters here and 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 if you can't provide any evidence other than well i said so exactly it's a fact that's a problem Matt, there's a second point. Uh, this is derived from intelligence, intelligence in which uh, we well, have confidence, we, in which we have confidence. The otherwise, same confidence you had in, in, otherwise, in WMDs. Uh, otherwise, yep. otherwise. In case you didn't hear that, he's saying the same confidence you had in WMDs. Like, I don't know why the average person can't make this rational thought is beyond me. Catastrophically wrong in way, way, way more ways than they've ever been right. And yet every single time we've got those yelling from the, the, each side of the paradigm that we're stupid for not trusting them. And that's exactly why the paradigm is what's stopping us from changing anything. The two-party paradigm. What, what, Otherwise, we would not be making it public in the way we are. Ah, so if, if because we're saying it, then it must be true. Because we would not say it if it wasn't true. That's what he just said. <laughs> wow. You guys are really bad at this, or at least you need some new plays. Uh, but here's here's the other point. Um, intelligence. Matt was laughing, by the way, when he said that. And evidence... Uh, these are two separate things. Uh, it is uh, no. You're, but you're saying it's a fact, and that, it, that you have proof, and then you can't offer any proof and to to, to show that it's fact. I'll drop it. The, I think we can ah, yes. Yeah, yep. Thank God. He said, "Okay, finally, he's stopping." Right. The idea, guys, is this is what's really happening. Where they're way over here dealing with situation. Don't forget, the U.S. government way over here has already sent more troops into Europe. Right. And, and, and they already have troops all over. The, that's what I should have actually brought up for you guys. The troops that are all over, literally surrounding Russia. But the moment that they put troops further close to their own border, uh oh, now it's a big problem. I don't know why we can't recognize that as being absolutely ridiculous. And in fact, the very provocation that they're pretending is happening in reverse. Unreal. I mean, it's literally crazy to me that we can't see this. Now, I just felt that to be such an incredibly important back and forth. Now, bringing this into the COVID-19 conversation, we need to recognize how that exact same kind of sentiment is what is happening in COVID-19 clown world, right? They're applying that same logic. Well, if the scientists say it, it is the truth. It's the same thing. And we really need to start recognizing how much, how large of a factor that is in, in the manipulation that's happening today. Now, a couple other points. In regard to the media and how this is being framed today, Whitney Cummings points out, and I forgot who she even was now. It doesn't even matter. Somebody who has lots of following, apparently uh, 1.4 million followers. I'm not even sure who that is. Don't look to why so many people trust Joe Rogan. Look to why so few trust the mainstream media. Now, this is the same sentiment. Here's the real point. And anybody intelligent, even remotely independent thinker, should ask, why would I trust either of them? And I don't mean that in the context that like there's somebody in else you should be trusting. Why are you trusting anybody in the context of information like this? Do we not realize how obviously that was a tenant of true self-responsibility, freedom? I mean, the idea to think for yourself and go, wait a minute, you shouldn't trust the mainstream media or trust 
TLAV or trust any media. You should look at it, engage with it, entertain the ideas, consider them without accepting them, you know, which is used to be a sign of intelligence, and then come to your own conclusions. Like the idea that you should be trusting one channel or the other is exactly how they've reduced this down. This is the Joe Rogan psyop in my mind. Not whether or not you think he's a part of it. I mean, I, I don't actually. I'm not sure. I don't know for sure, but my gut would tell me not that he's just being used. So the point is when you reduce this down to Joe Rogan versus whoever, versus the media, versus the other doctor, whatever, what you miss are the people he's actually talking to. What did Dr. McCullough or Dr. Malone actually say? Why don't we dig into that and debate whether that's real? Nope, because it becomes trust Rogan or trust the media. It's left versus right, right? Black versus white. It's the dumb, stupid, ignorant reduction, and they want that. And that's how they're actively underestimating your intelligence because you guys mostly see this. And I don't think just you, I think most people do. It's, it's very obvious that they want you to trust one or the other when that's a false dichotomy in and of itself. You should trust yourself, guys, your own ability to come to think for yourself. I just think that's so important. Why aren't they trusting the media? Now, on that same note, Rumble sticks their finger into the situation here. Hey, Joe Rogan. We're ready to fight alongside you. See the note from our CEO. Gee, hey, Joe, hey, Rogan, stand with, we stand with you, your guests, and your legion of fans in desire for real com- conversation. So we'd like to offer you 100 million reasons to make a world a better place. They're offering him $100 million to bring over all of his content. Don't buy it. My opinion, I have no way to know for sure how Rumble will go. For what I've seen <clears throat> and how Rumble works, it's YouTube 2.0. It's tied to all the wrong people. It's tied into all the choke points, app store, everything. I mean, are we really going to pretend the moment one of their very important payment gateways or whatever else starts to lean on them, that they won't just remove things or put censorship blocks just like every other platform has? There's a point now where it's not really being focused on just yet. But now I'm starting to see these conversations about how Rumble is rivaling YouTube, right? And how, look how fast that happened. All the big people involved. I mean, it's very clear to me, this plot, and it's not just my opinion, just do your research on the platform. Do your research on why YouTube was able to be manipulated or the people involved from the top down allowed it to be manipulated and how Rumble's operating, right? It's, it's hooked into the same legacy system. What we should be doing is going the other direction, right? Blockchain discussions or, or uh, it, like super use style which I still think should go even further, but the idea that it is based on a system that sh- it, it's arguably supposed to not be able to be brought down. Anyway, my point is that it's very weird that they stick in there. They come over here and all Rogan goes over there and suddenly rumbles the freedom fighter and it all just kind of seems to, to pitch you right into a situation that we shouldn't be doing. Why would we just push into one other platform? Why don't we start recognizing how this has gone and learn from our mistakes and use a lot of platforms simultaneously? Whether it's Super You, Odyssey, BitChute, any of those of us that do this or know that we're all doing that. But the average person is getting lost in things like this. Rumble has already censored, guys, multiple times. If you don't think it's going to happen once this gets further in and once you put all your eggs in this basket, in fact, that's probably how this is supposed to go, then I don't know how to help you. It's my opinion. But we should not be leaning into a, a system, even if it's honest now, that has every mech ability to be manipulated like all the rest of them do. Now, on the note of the media, at the, the very media that she's going, I don't know why they're not trusting the media. This is why. Even though they're baffled at why you don't trust somebody who's willing to have people talk from different sides of the conversation, right? Which is what should be the most objective. It is the most objective. As this person says, 
the PCR tests, apparently based on a new study, are horribly inaccurate. Now, there's a surprise. Actually said that. I <laughs> just... This is the absurd part of it. Here, Mark Dolan says, to say that the media have lied to you about COVID was a bit strong. Oh, is it strong? Is it? Media. Thank you. For, as the mainstream media tells you, it's a bit strong to think the mainstream media lied to you. He says, but they have not provided the full picture. Ah, I see. So it's like saying cloth masks don't work while leaving out that none of them actually have statistically significant effective effect. Eff, act. <laughs> That's weird. Statistically. They're not statistically significant in reducing transmission. That was weird. <laughs> the point being that they can't give you these small parts of it, right? PCR, they're going to still use the PCR test, but now we're on a different path here. We're not doing an antigen test, which by the way, also have a very strong and high level of false positives. It's because they're doling this out in digestible talking points and manipulating you based on what they want you to think. And on top of all of that, are right now reporting things as absolute, like we're just discovering new information based on new studies that we've been proving since 2020. Independent media, I'm talking about. That's why. Let's listen to what he says. A major new study confirms that PCR tests are horribly inaccurate. Now, there is a surprise. As I said, says only those who have blindly followed the edicts of health authoritarians, had they been paying attention to independent media or just thinking. They would have known this in 2020 because, you know, the new data did not change anything. Look at the study. It's not pulling from some brand new thing. It's always been there. And you should know that because you watch the show. It's undeniable. So now ask yourself if they're willing to admit now that it's horribly inaccurate. What does that say about the entire situation? Does that change everything from the beginning? It should. But no, they've already built their house of cards. It doesn't matter anymore. They're on for the, the 50th stone down the river. We're still over here going, wait, but that first stone's not even there. It doesn't even exist. Ah, who cares? We've already built our house of cards. It doesn't matter. It's pretty ridiculous. According to researchers at the University of Oxford, if you've heard of it, a third of people who tested... Yeah, yeah, if you've heard of it, you mean that same place where we discussed early on studies about all sorts of things like mass and everything else that you guys dismissed and ignored because you didn't like what it said? But now it's like, oh, have you heard of it? A little place called Oxford. Huh. You know, it's just, it's just pathetic how obviously these people will ignore what's in front of them. Or people like this, as my point, the talking heads, probably didn't even know it was there. He probably heard some foggy conversation about PCR tests not working and at that time said, oh, these dumb conspiracy theorists, they don't know what they're talking about and didn't even look at it. And now when this comes out, he goes, well, there's, that's a study. So as a, there, the study proves it now. So now it's real. They weren't doing that before. He doesn't even know that. I mean, this is hypothetical. My point is, this is the logic they have. They look at people like us and just are told that they're not supposed to even look at it. So to him, this may very well be brand new information. Think about how ridiculous that is. 2022 versus 2020. And we're being censored. Positive for coronavirus via PCR tests were not contagious and did not need to self-isolate a third. The study found... Yeah, it's a hell of a lot more than that. And this is the cloth mask version of the PCR. I don't know, what would you call it? Walking back of the narrative, right? Well, cloth, you know, part of cloth masks don't work. You know, only a little bit of them did. But, the, but it's still useful and we can still use it, right? That's ridiculous. And when you look into the information itself, it's that obvious. Now, I, I'm just going to go ahead and go past. I was going to play this all, but I feel like I don't want to right now for some reason. He gets into a lot of different conversations about it. But the, the main point here, guys, watch it for yourself. This is the rollback of the narrative. As, as Star says down here, it said, I'll say it again. The shift makes me very nervous. I agree. 
these they, people like this are being manipulated too. Not that we should have any, everybody is. And the point is these people are just happy to tell that line because their career depends on it. But they should have known this a long time ago. I just had a great conversation with Brian from High Impact Flicks. I'll include that you guys should definitely watch. I'll go over a couple of parts of this in the show today. Which is a really enjoyable conversation, just off the cuff, just having a conversation about a lot of this. That's what I didn't even notice this. Look, people posting our interviews, which is good. I don't really, I don't really mind to be quite honest. Ah, except they don't put the link to the website, which is what frustrates me. Because then you don't have all the links. Truth is truth. That's the whole point, is it not? Right? You're you're hurting the truth by posting this without putting the links in there. Dang it. Anyway, great interview. Uh, in, in conversation really for you to check out. I think it's actually a really interesting conversation. We dive into a lot of a lot of interesting variations in this. We talk about the collapsing athletes a little bit. Now, one thing I wanted wanted to point out here before we got into this, <clears throat> I had a really interesting <clears throat> excuse me. At the pharmacy today, I was there and I was I was looking at stuff and I just found it really interesting dynamic that I thought was it speaks to the illusion that we're going to get into. The idea that I'm, I'm sitting there watching, right? And you have this woman who is the 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 pharmacist, the one for the drive through, and she's sitting there with all of her stuff. By the way, her mask all the way down, never bring it up, which you know, good for her, but contradicts what they're doing. And she's taking things from these people in this you know lockbox thing from the window outside because we can't touch hands, but they're handing stuff in. She's grabbing it holding it, grabbing the bottles, setting them down, right? So right there, if you believe this is dangerous and that we can't cross and masks and everything, that you're literally touching things, then there you go, there could be transmission. But then putting these down, typing on the computer, going over and grabbing things from other boxes, other people come over and touch the computer. And all. So what does this ultimately translate to? If you believe that's put, if that is what they say it is, which I don't. Doesn't that seem to suggest these people that are handing out things to elderly people, getting medications, hand, giving the injections to people after they type on the computer? Doesn't that obviously show like a very lackadaisy way, lackadaisical way of, of handling what's supposed to be the biggest pandemic in the century? Yeah, it does. Because that's not real. It's never been that. And the data has been backing that up from day one. But it's just showing you that these are the very people that are hyping up the narrative and giving people injections. And they're over there. They're, they're not even concerned. Clearly doing things without any concern for how that could be transmitting things to people. It's, it's ridiculous. Now, again, that's not because I believe that's what the risk is, but it just shows you that these people that are pushing on everybody else don't even seem to recognize how flimsy that is. Touching their masks and waving them around. And, you know, and I look on the bottom as I go up there and it says, you know, push the flu shot written down on this piece of paper. You know, the shot that they're not supposed to, they don't know is safe alongside the flu, the injection for anything else, but they do it anyway. You know, things like that. Or on the wall over here, it says government approved masks, not here yet, but on the way, right? Because now they're going to be doling them out because we got to give you the right ones, even though those also don't work. And it's all, and, and who's going to make the money from that? That's a huge industry that now you have to do. See, it's, it, there's a lot of manipulation happening around all this, guys. I just wanted to point that out. That's utterly ridiculous. Now, the last point on the media and the manipulations, I wanted to point something out from this act that's being shared on the media, shared on social media. I want us to see something in regard to how this has not been just because of COVID-19, even though it's a lot of, a lot of times framed like that because it gets more attention. Enforcement of, oops, enforcement of requirement to undergo medical observation, medical examination. This is a, an Australian bill, and I'll show you the full thing in a minute. <clears throat> I had this all highlighted before, but I'll kind of go through it if I can. If an authorized officer gives a direction to a person under section 157, 1J to undergo medical observation, medical examination, or medical treatment, or to be vaccinated, 
an authorized officer or police officer may use reasonable force to ensure that the direction is complied with, including, if necessary, to apprehend and detain that person, to uh, or, 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 or relevant person, to a place where the person is required to undergo medical observation, medical examination, or medical treatment, or to be vaccinated in accordance with the direction. To detain the relevant person, undergo medical treatment, to restrain the relevant person, to enable medical observation, or to be treated, like so, so literally restrain you to for, to vaccinate you forcefully, to enable to the relevant person to be vaccinated. I mean, this is not mincing words. To remove anything from you, including your underwear, if the removal of that thing is reasonably necessary to enable medical examination. So that's a choice at the discretion of the people doing it. So if they feel like humiliating you in the process, they could do that too. A lot goes on from here. Now, the point is simply to show you that this is crazy, right? And you think, well, this is COVID-19 clown world, right? Except once you actually dive into this, you find out this was passed in 2016 in Australia, Western Australia to be exact, 2016. Now here, is the same section. Just so we can see it on here, so you can, you know, be certain that this is. Oops, hold on. One fifty-eight. Here we go. Enforcement of requirement to undergo medical observation, medical examination. Right. Just so making you can see, same thing. Require person is required to undergo medical observation, treatment, vaccination in accordance with this direction. This is a forced vaccination bill. Public Health Act of 2016. Now, this is there from 2016 before. So it's amazing that we are only just now awakening to how this has been set. This shows me is that this is there's a reason that Australia went so much further than many people in many places. This has already been set and been in, in the motion for a long time. So it's things like this that are really important to understand that this is not just because of COVID, guys. There have been powers that have been placing things in this direction for a long time. I just think that's absolutely crazy. Now, bringing this over to the HIV conversation, this is where we get into that injection and how it's been pushed on people and what it might be causing today. For, for those in the chat, by the way, I just happened to look over. The only reason, started, the people don't have the drenches just because I didn't get a chance to do it before we started because of everything that happened. But I try to do them in the beginning, but you should still listen to Star and everybody else because they're the mom. I'm just kidding. But so Daily Mail. This is a really important conversation that we will getting be getting into deeper. But right now, I just wanted to point this out because of what this article is saying and get into why I think this is so important. New HIV super strain is found in the Netherlands. Highly infectious variant makes people ill twice as quickly and has been spotted in at least 109 people. Now, I promise you that the average person that doesn't really even read past headlines is going to misconstrue this as some sort of a COVID crossover which may be even the way they want you to take it. Sort of like, remember, whatever happened to Flurona? Whatever happened to Delmacron or Deltacron or whatever the two words they tried to use on there? Whatever happened to that? Like, they dropped that narrative pretty quick. Isn't that interesting? That one seemed to be pushing that out and then something just happened and it went away real quick. Maybe because they lost it. Maybe because they weren't sure on how they were supposed to be presenting it. Was it two things happening simultaneously or some of them actually claiming it was one thing and we're in danger? It's a new thing. There's literally different arguments on either side of the mainstream, or, you, know, you know, not left versus right, but just all across the mainstream media. They were arguing in some places it was a new thing combining. Other places it was like, well, they're just there together, and that's why they're dangerous at the same time. I think they lost their mark on that, and they just kind of put it to bed. Same thing here. That I think that's, that's how this might go happen, because the way they talk about a variant in this, 
Like, when's the last time you heard about an HIV variant? And why is that happening now? What, what, what has changed in the world to cause something to possibly create new variants? Oh, weird. Sort of like the injection and how that correlates exactly with the explosion of variants around COVID-19. Yeah. Isn't that, re- isn't that weird? Well, let's read it a little bit. The new mutant called VB variant has infected at least 109 people, according to this Oxford University study. Well, let's take a look at that study real quick so we can confirm the findings that say, oh, nothing. It's the Daily Mail homepage. <laughs> weird. Great job, mainstream media. I'm glad, I'm glad you're source, sourcing your material that you don't want us to look at for some strange reason. Well, let's continue. The strain damages the immune system and weakens a person's ability to fight everyday infections and disease faster than previous versions of the virus. Hmm. What else is doing that right now? What else is showing in verifiable dysregulation of the immune system? Well, I'm sure you could guess. We'll get there in a minute. It's an interesting crossover. You know, so right out of the gate, I want you to consider the fact whether, that is this what they're talking about or is this something else? Or vice versa, is what the injection causing some form of, of autoimmunity deficiency disorder, whatever the AIDS acronym is, or is it actually that being framed, or is it some kind of COVID-19 or, or excuse me, injection side effect being framed as that? You know, th- there's a lot of ways to look at this. But either way, we're looking at a situation that is almost identical to what we're seeing everywhere else. And that's why people have shown this overlap to HIV for a while now. And let's not forget that Luc Montagnier, Nobel laureate, has openly said that he believes that the coronavirus itself, bioweapon status, has been spliced with HIV, which other experts have pointed out were undeniable. It just gets dismissed by the mainstream media. I don't know why we take the media's word over over experts like that, but, you know, to to each their own. So there's a lot of ways to look at this. But as it says, the strain, whatever this is, damages the immune system and weakens a person's ability to fight everyday infections, sort of like what we see in people after the injection. Then it says Brit- Britons are advised to get tested for HIV and other strains at least once a year. It's just showing you that this testing system that all of a sudden wasn't here before. Why not? Right? Why, why, was, why weren't we testing every year for HIV up until now? Suddenly, now, it's because this is the new system. This is the biosecurity state. And suddenly, one by one, these things are going to become more relevant and more dangerous and more problematic and more testing and more. Th- and oh, we got, and now we have to rationalize why our gross, disgusting human bodies are the problem. That's, that's what they're framing this as. That's not my opinion. Independent experts have said the finding is nothing to panic about, though. The analysis found VB arose in the 1980s and has been declining since 2010. What? Okay, so here we are going, oh, this new thing is super dangerous and variants and infections, and then it's been here since 1980. This new thing? Okay, so what's actually changed then is that it suddenly started hurting people. So what actually changed then? That's the question. Now, I wanted to show this really quickly since we just, same thing. We just talked about this neocov that just, again, one of these weird narratives that got shoved in that just kind of disappeared. Doesn't mean it won't come back. Fluorona, whatever else, whenever they need them to, they're just, you know, tools on their belt. But they said, neocov is this new coronavirus variant. It's super dangerous. And guess what? It's been here for years, long before COVID-19. And that's why this is the only article that came out and said that. The Indian Express was like, no, we are not faced with a killer Neokov, and here's why. Weirdly enough, they didn't put it behind a paywall, but we went over on the show, and, it, and I proved this with the actual historical documents around Neokov that showed it's been around here for a decade. <laughs> and it, in fact, it's shown to be very, not really dangerous at all. So why now they're freaking out is because it's all based on hype. Same with this, in my opinion. It's been around since 1980s and it's been declining since 2010. The only difference is now they just saw it somewhere or they tell us that. 
And suddenly it's on more places. So is it, or is it side effects of the injection? Is it spike protein causing things? Is it COVID-19 itself causing HIV? You know, these are, these are things that they're just refusing to acknowledge or consider, in my opinion. An analysis of genetic patterns suggests VB first arose during the late 1980s and, and 1990s in Netherlands. Weirdly, exactly where they are seeing it now. So I don't know why we're calling this a new thing, personally. The discovery published in the journal Science, and this one there is a link to, and I'll show you that next, is the result of an international collaboration between the University of Oxford's Big Data Institute and the Dutch HIV Monitoring Foundation. Just like COVID, HIV mutates very quickly, but the vast majority of these changes make no difference to the nature of the virus, except that doesn't exactly sound like we see with COVID, does it? Right? Not at all. What, if what we're actually being, what we're seeing in front of us, whether that's actually what's happening, is a rapid creation of variants. Rapid. And weirdly, that started almost exactly with the, with the initiation of the vaccine administration. I mean, not almost exactly, literally, exactly. From that moment forward, we saw an explosion that's continued. Before that, all through 2020, it was a snake, ba- nothing, barely anything. So if both of them are supposed to be very slowly or quickly mutating, but not a lot of changes, then how do you explain what we're looking at? Either their narrative and nothing was happening, or there are changes and it's not being caused by anything, but obviously the part that's changing things. And based again on the science from before COVID, where they literally say that, that the flu shot and how it's working and the you know leaky vaccine conversation, all of those are leading to variants. And I'll show you again in these articles how they, well, actually that's, that is if I, I probably couldn't find it again when I tried to highlight some of this. There was a part in one of these articles that talks about what really causes these things. And all it really comes down to is every single time somebody transmits this, everything, every time somebody catches this thing, it has a chance to mutate. That's their narrative from before this to now. Just because you have, well, I mean, so you have two people. One of them is some is a person that this thing has been infecting and nothing's changing. They infect the person, they get them sick, they, they spread it, and it goes on. Now that is a small, they're able to change things, right? A small factor, which they've all admitted before. And that's what they're even saying right there. Changes quickly, but not very much big changes. It doesn't hurt people. It doesn't, it takes a long time for that to happen. That's why Eden calls them samians. But then on this other person, you've got this new thing in their body. This new injection that, that puts things in different places, it causes different reactions. So now it has to change to be able to achieve the same end. I don't know why that's not the most obvious broken down reality. That, that is basic logic. And that's also backed up by the science before COVID-19. So there you go. And that's what's creating it. That also goes into how the injection and how the you know leaky vaccine part of it, where you're able to continue to spread it, and it's supposed to be lessened, but then we also have the long-term side effects that are ruining this population, and we'll get into why that is. None of this seems to back up with what we've known before. But it says that by analyzing genetic variation, uh, genetic variation among the samples, the team estimated the VB variant first emerged again in the 1980s. They found it spread faster than other strains during the 2000s, but declined declining since the year 2010 in response to treatment becoming widely available. So again, this thing was dealt with, apparently, sat there quiet for 22 years. Or wait, uh, 12 years. Okay, so what changed? It is unclear how the variant emerged. (laughs) Well, there you go. Funny how they're giving you the answer when they tell you they don't know. But the team said one option could be an unusually long infection 
in one person who did not undergo treatment to stop the virus from replicating and evolving. Now, that is a wild misrepresentation of what that's... The bottom line is, it's in your body. It doesn't immediately replicate and evolve. That's what they just said. It can change, but it takes a long time. So just because you don't treat something doesn't mean it has a higher chance of not... The the, Once it's in your body and you transmit it, that's when it has the opportunity. So what they're trying to do here, in my opinion, is kind of push in the idea that, well, they didn't get the injection, so that's probably why. But an unusually long infection... Now, isn't that exactly what we're seeing in these people that are currently injected? Yes. So that doesn't even make sense with the logic they're trying to insinuate. Now, there was more in here, I think. Nah, I don't want to try to find it. It's going to take too long. There was other parts in here. Yeah, but so the bottom line is, guys, we're, they're pushing this idea under HIV that this is some kind of new thing and that it's only because they didn't treat themselves. But okay, but why didn't it happen until now? See, that's the old, that's the problem that makes no sense. And since scientists do not yet know if the variant is more transmissible and damaging to the immune system, except that's what they're saying, which is ridiculous. But the point is that if, if it was just long treatment or the lack of treatment, long sickness, whatever, this would have happened before now based on everything they're saying. But that's just a hypothetical, right? The bottom line is there's a lot of unknowns and they refuse to point at the one thing that is a, the obvious difference from then till now. Now, here is the study. Now, this, uh, this was what it was, actually. I know, I don't, I don't want to even try to remember. It's going to frustrate me. I lost so much stuff this, today when that happened. It kills me. But it says, a highly virulent variant of HIV-1 circulating in the Netherlands. Now, note that it doesn't say new. It doesn't say anything other than that. what you read there. The media are the ones framing it the way that they want you to see it. That's why you should go directly to the source. And even then, question that, read it. Digest it for yourself. Because as we've seen, if we've seen anything during this whole COVID clown world scenario, it's that just because someone's a doctor or a scientist does not therefore mean that they're right or therefore mean that they're very smart. Now, I would argue most people that go through that process probably are to some degree. Doesn't mean that they're critical thinkers. But on top of that, as I've told you before, I know people that went through that, went all went through medical school. In fact, a, a, a close friend of mine used to, I haven't talked to her in a long time, but went to become a physician's assistant, which is one grade below a doctor and said the same thing. Not all doctors are graded equal. In their classes, there are people that graduated and barely squeaked by in like every category, like getting like a D plus or whatever the barely bare, the bottom level is to just get by. Now that person goes out there, wears a white coat. You don't get to see that stuff. And we give them the same air of confidence that we're forced on everybody else. That's not okay. We should be, we shouldn't be that, that naive, but here's the main point. Ah, dang it. I know there's more in here that I had highlighted, but whatever. They're driving me bananas to just stop and think about. Here's the main point. One of the things I wanted to show you in here, it says, our findings may stimulate further interest in whether widespread treatment shifts the balance of the infectious virulence trade-off towards higher virulence. We're talking about the same thing. Thus promoting the emergence and spread of new virulent variants. Isn't that funny? In the very study that they're using to then argue the opposite, Saying, but it's the fact that they probably didn't get treated. And that's a guess, by the way. They don't have anything to back that up. In the study, it says, interestingly, that the idea of widespread treatment, in this case, it would be injections if we're talking about COVID-19, shift the balance of the, and this is plenty of experts have said this, 
of infectious virulence trade-off towards higher virulence, thus promoting an emergence and spread of new variants. Well, look at that. Previous modeling studies have investigated this idea for pathogens generally and for HIV specifically. Now, of course, to make to be transparent in what they say next, it says we discuss sub suble, uh, subtleties of subtleties. Excuse me, <laughs> that's weird. I don't think I've ever seen it written like that. Like it, not you know, subtle, but then subtleties. Anyway, it's weird how you see words written now; they look differently. Subtleties of the argument in in the supplement uh, supplementary text, but. Our conclusion is that widespread treatment is helpful and prevent the virus. The point is, well, I should, I should say, it. our conclusion is that widespread treatments, treatment is helpful, which is a very broad term, to prevent new virulent variants, not harmful. Right. Okay, but what they're saying is, to be very clear, they don't know. Now, that's how you should take away from this. So I could, we could have just read this one paragraph. And you would have walked away thinking, well, they're talking about how it's caused. The point is that they're po- they're putting out the idea that it could be that. And yes, they arguably come to end up thinking what they're probably best, at, you know, the people that sign their paycheck will be happy with. That yes, we do think that's probably not harmful, but they don't know. And that's the main point. That they don't know. That they're showing you the findings out there. And other people have already considered this. So now when we come up with the main team, mainstream media conversation. And they're screaming at you that you're so stupid. Don't understand the science. Re- right here. Recognize that the scientists are not settled on this idea. That they're considering this reality. And then recognize that leaky vaccine conversations. And plenty of other peer-reviewed science before COVID. Have made the exact argument. For why the exact situation of where we are now. Is leading to exactly what we're dealing with. I've said it so many times, I'll include the article. And this is just one of them. There's, plenty, there's actually much better peer-reviewed studies that point to this, but I don't want to try to find it. Leaky vaccines promote the transmission of more virulent virus. Now, the point is, this is 2016, leaky vaccines are vaccines that don't stop transmission, but they claim reduce the severity, right? So that may be exactly what they were trying to do, for all we know. And maybe they didn't factor in the problems that would come after three months of an injection that doesn't work. Or the blood clots and the everything else, the de-risk dysregulation of the immune system. Bottom line is that's if if you there's no denying that that's what this is. It's not stopping transmission, and they've been forced to admit that. Therefore, it is a leaky vaccine. Therefore, it very clearly promotes the transmission of more virulent more virulent variants. And that's exactly what they're saying. Well, plenty of other scientists have thought that's probably what's happening, or could be what's happening. Very revealing to me. Now, here's where we get into the really interesting part, in my opinion, of where this crosses over. This is from 2020. Researchers warn some COVID-19 vaccines could increase risk of HIV infection. Now, of course, they're only talking about the adenovirus vaccines, and they'll get into why down here. I'm just going to read the whole thing because it's not that long that I had it highlighted. But it's not just about that, is it? As you know, as we're going to get into in a second, the dysregulation of the immune system otherwise known as lymphocytopenia, is a really important part of this. That's why we played the Dr. Cole clip, which I'll probably just play again. It's not that long before we get past this part. But this is, as, as Star puts in the chat, antibody-dependent enhancement. I mean, that's, what, that's one part of this. And it's one of the most important parts. It's very clearly what we're dealing with. And ADE is just simply one aspect. I'll include that because it's really important to point out the informed consent study that said this is, nece- you know, 2020, December, same interesting time frame that specific and significant risks of, the, of antibody-dependent enhancement should have been told to people before they took this, but it wasn't. Nobody cared about that. But this is really important. 
Some of the COVID-19 vaccines currently in development at that time, 2020, could increase the risk of acquiring HIV. Now, it's weird that this conversation is not being discussed right now, right? These are experts, scientists, doctors coming out and saying, look, we, this, we think these right now could do this. That just got ignored. It didn't get dismissed. It didn't get proven to be wrong. In fact, I think right now we're seeing it proven to be right. Not just those ones, also mRNA, in my opinion, and I'll show you why. Warned a group of researchers in the Lancet, right? It's funny, a Lancet is everything when they want it to be, but then stuff like this happens and we just, it's not, we just pretend it's not there. Potentially leading to an increase in infections as vaccines are rolled out to vulnerable populations around the world. Yes, exactly. It says, key facts, the researchers warn of a cautionary tale from efforts to create an HIV vaccine over a decade ago. Ah, and so it's tied to the previous research that we've heard brought up a lot by people like Dr. Mikovits, who we've had on the show more than once. Right, this, this, is, this is a classic important idea. And who else worked on this? That's right, Dr. Fauci where a promising vaccine candidate actually increased the risk of some men catching the virus. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? I mean, as you well know well, Dr. Fauci has actually spoken on this, even in the context of COVID-19. So if he knows this is possible, and he's told you this is possible, and he's seen it actually happen in the past in regard to specifically HIV, why would this not be something that they would talk about today? I mean, I find it to be an, just, it's one of those discussions that we've had many times where they are pretending like things they've already said in the beginning don't exist today. There's another element to safety. And that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse. And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. Exactly. And we've talked about this a million times over. Now, here's the science from 2020 in December, as we just pointed to, saying not that that's maybe hypothetical. By the way, this was peer reviewed on March 2021. So continue to ask yourself why they don't trust the science, right? It says, irrespective of delivery method. So regardless of what kind, DNA, RNA, whatever kind of vaccine you're, vaccine you're talking about in regard to COVID-19, it says may worsen COVID-19 disease via antibody-dependent enhancement. The specific and significant COVID-19 risk of antibody-dependent enhancement should have been and should be prominently and independently disclosed to research subjects currently in trials, as well as those being recruited for trials and those currently taking the injection in order to meet the medical ethics standard of patient comprehension for informed consent. Therefore, by definition, since this point, they have not been meeting informed consent, period, because they're not telling you this. Pretty damn ridiculous, isn't it? So as he's telling you, as in HIV, they knew this. It happened before, and they're letting it happen now. The vaccine 
made uh, made use of a modified virus called the adenovirus 5, AD5, as a vector to transport some of HIV's genetic material into the body. This is Fauci's, this is the past HIV discussion. Exactly how the vaccine increased the risks of HIV transmission is unknown. Well, I think I know. I think I think we at least have a, a thought about what might be happening for how that literally does exactly what it, this is creating the problem. And this is where you get into the conversation about the misrepresentation, the illusion, the lie about what's actually causing these things. Is HIV actually leading to AIDS or is it the treatment itself in the middle of that leading to immune deficiency, dysregulation, lymphocytopenia? Right. These are very valid questions that very highly credentialed people have been asking for a long time. And now we're, we're beginning to see this become a very focal focal point conversation around COVID-19. So it's time to start really pushing these questions back into the forefront. How exactly it created this problem is a good question. But we need to ask all of these questions. Is this even valid? Is it even really what's happening? Just like we're doing with COVID-19. It says, but a conference re- uh, convened by the NIH recommended against further use of the 85 as a vector in HIV vaccines. Dr. Fauci was the lead author of the paper that did that. AD5 is used as a vector in some COVID-19 vaccines. So he's willing, he'll come out and say then that we shouldn't do that. Don't use those. Specifically those because of the fact that it's creating what? Exactly what we're seeing today. An issue of the immune system. Wasn't that very relevant? It should be. Science identifies four such candidates that are currently undergoing clinical trials in various countries around the world. That's that's right now. That's additional. We already have Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca. These are groups that are using adenovirus technology. But again, my point is it's not just those, but those are undeniably something that are in the, the, the same wheelhouse that we should be concerned about. Now it says, including the U.S. with two in large scale phase three trials. So why isn't Fauci raising the alarm about that? I guess it doesn't matter today. Maybe so they can pump this into the population and argue that's what caused exactly what everything else has already created. Who knows? The researchers stress the need to understand the role 85 might play in increasing the risk of HIV in the vulnerable populations before developing and deploying vaccines using the vector. Adding the informed consent document should reflect the considerable literature on the risk of HIV acquisition with 85 vectors. Actually, I wanted to make sure I got, I think, uh, hold on. Oops, don't close that. Let's see. Yeah, this was the 2020. Just making sure. I said that wrong a second ago. 2020. So this is back in the beginning, right? My point is some of the same is right now, they're not concerned about this. We already have adenovirus vaccines in the mix. It's already happening. They're already being given to people. So why isn't Fauci out there raising alarm? Then the next question you should be ask is if they said this then, it's just Forbes. I have it on this page just because this is what happens when you, you know, you got to pay for it over here. If they're going, look, these injections could literally cause HIV. Now today we're going, uh-oh, look at this new HIV variant that came out of nowhere that was totally nothing until all of a sudden. Why did it change? We don't know. We don't care. We're only pointing to the future. This should be the first question. Did that cause this? Are these specific adenovirus injections, 85 used, uh, adenovirus 5 or 85 injections leading to this exact problem? That's one part of this. And here we are looking at mainstream media and other doctors and scientific studies that are going, yep, this is possible. But now we're not asking the question. It's fake news if you raise the question. Sound familiar? Now it says 85 might play play in increasing the risks in vulnerable populations before 
developing and deploying vaccines using the vector, adding that informed consent documents should reflect the considerable literature on the risk of HIV acquisition with these injections. Does it say that? No, it doesn't. So even the mainstream media is going, gee, well, that's obviously informed consent, and they don't do that. And yet we're supposed to pretend like we're being informed? And if you argue otherwise, you're a fake news conspiracy theorist? All right, this is broken. Badly broken. That's why this is being rolled back to a large degree, I think, because this is clumsy in every way. And all they can rely on is the mindless followers of the fringe on either side of the narrative that they think are the majority. And they're just hoping that we don't realize they're not. Now, it says lots of vaccines make use of modified viruses to transport material into the human body. Many make use of a modified adenovirus, adeno or adeno, I forget which way people corrected me the other day, adenovirus, to do this. A virus which is usually harmless except the ability to cause a common cold, which, by the way, is also a coronavirus. Some of the leading candidates for COVID-19 vaccines include those that are using this. This is no evidence they can cause it, except that there is very clearly evidence, just not proof. Weird that they would say it right there as the scientists in the same article are going, yeah, it's totally possible. Can't happen. Has happened before. And they go, no evidence. Again, conflating evidence with proof, which is the problem with mainstream media today. Now it says the author said they went public because 85 vaccines for COVID-19 might soon be tested in populations with high HIV prevalence. Lawrence Corey, one of the authors who now co-leads the COVID-19 Prevention Network in the U.S. that is testing vaccines on behalf of the NIH, told Science that if he were in a sub-Saharan African country where there's a high prevalence of HIV, quote, I don't see why I would pick an 85 vector when there are many other alternative choices. Now, understand what he's saying right there. That's 2020. Because they were using those in these areas, in in Africa and elsewhere, and they still are. How do you not see that as a choice? This guy's going like, I have no idea why in the world you would use this thing in a place of high prevalence of HIV. That's exactly the point, in my opinion. Then ask why they're not being used in places where it's the opposite. Isn't that interesting? Now, nonetheless, guys, I think it's very obvious that we should be able to go, could this be happening? As they're going, new HIV super strain. Well, can't we ask whether or not this was driven there by things just like this? Of course, we should be able to ask that, but that's fake news today. But then this brings me, oh, this was just to remind me, I already mentioned it, Luc Montagnier, who said this, that this was the case, or rather, this is likely. But here's the reality in regard to where we currently are. Now, this is the, this is the conversation around cancer. This is not just about one thing or the other. We're watching something, most likely the obvious correlation of the injections, creating a situation where people's bodies are turning on themselves, whether antibody-dependent enhancement, molecular, molecular mimicry, pathogenic priming, or, re- or just generally whether these injections are causing other things in your body, like HIV, or specifically AIDS. These are valid questions based on the science that we're talking about, based on the mainstream media scientists that are saying that's possible before we're not supposed to talk about it. Here is a study, or rather specifically the studies and the compilation of information being put up by Swiss Policy Research. And this is the study you can link to right here, peer review, that does go over this in regard to herpes zoster and showing you how this dysregulates your immune system. But it's saying, can COVID cause cancer? Well, basically, as right now, there's no evidence to suggest they're carcinogenic, but it says, however... It has been shown that up to 50% of vaccinees, and you can link to the study right there, peer-reviewed, COVID vaccines can induce a temporary immune suppression or immune dysregulation called lymphocytopenia that may last about a week or possibly longer. And that's their point, because they don't know how long that goes on for. That's what Ryan Cole told you in the beginning clip. 
And it says, in addition, COVID mRNA vaccines have been shown to reprogram another study, modify adaptive and innate immune responses, and in particular, to downregulate the so-called TLR4 pathway, which is known to play an important role in the immune response to infections and cancer cells. So thus, if there already is a tumor somewhere, known or unknown, or if there's a predisposition to some type of cancer, such as a state of vaccine or such a state of vaccine-induced immune suppression or immune dysregulation might potentially trigger sudden tumor growth and cancer in the weeks following vaccination, which is exactly what Ryan Cole and others are saying they're seeing. Of note, lymphocytopenia has also been frequently observed in cases of severe COVID. It says rapid progression of T-cell lymphoma following Pfizer booster shot. We just went over this study right here. And they're telling you yet again that they're in their findings, it seems pretty clear. These people got a rapid on the, the lymphoma. They got cancer directly following the, the not just one, the, the booster shot, the one they're pushing of Pfizer. Right there. And the, and the point is that this is a clear connection to what we're discussing. The disreg- and this is not just about cancer. This is about all the other things that are causing people to get sick that aren't being associated with COVID-19. Right. That's the big idea here is that those are all things that are being listed off. But when they have you those graphs in front of you about to confirm COVID-19 and the breakdown, of the safety, they are not including all of this, this waterfall of problems that aren't being included in the safety breakdown, even as they manipulate that information in front of you. Which is just hard to continue to watch because they're lying to you about damn near everything that's in front of you right now. Now, I wanted to play. If I could find it again, wherever I just put that. Here we go. But what we're seeing in the laboratory after people get these shots, we're seeing a very concerning locked in low profile of these important killer T cells that you want in your body. It's almost a a reverse HIV. In HIV, you lose your helper T cells, your CD4 cells. In this virus post vaccine, what we're seeing is a drop in your killer T cells, your CD8 cells. And what do CD8 cells do? They keep all other viruses in check. What am I seeing in the laboratory? I'm seeing an uptick of herpes family viruses, I'm seeing um, herpes, I'm seeing shingles, I'm seeing mono, I'm seeing a huge uptick in human papillomavirus uh, in the cervical biopsies and the cervical pap smears in women. In addition to that, there's a, a little infectious you know, bump that kids get called molluscum contagiosum. What do you need to keep that in check? You need CD8 uh, killer T cells. I am seeing a 20 times increase in individuals over the age of 50 of this little bump in rash. Um, you know, that's innocuous, but what it tells me is the immune status of these individuals who have gotten the shot. We're literally weakening the immune system of these individuals. Now, most concerning of all is there's a pattern of these types of immune cells in the body that keep cancer in check. Well, since January 1, in the laboratory, I've seen a 20 times increase of endometrial cancers over what I see on an annual basis. A 20 times increase. That's crazy. And that's just one of the doctors that are telling you this, and they're just ignoring it everywhere they can. It gets, it's getting utterly ridiculous. But the point is, there's an obvious connection to what the injection they're giving people is doing to the body. And then recognizing this is a very thin line between what we're looking at right over here, uh, wherever it was, talking about HIV, the, the, the issue over here in Netherlands about some new strain, right? This injection's gone around the world. So first of all, is that what we're looking at? And is it being framed as something else? Because it's easy to do that. Or 
is this only happening as an HIV random variant that was already there but wasn't dangerous but now suddenly became dangerous again because of the injection that's causing these things to explode with variants, right? As their point is, the people who already have HIV, let's say, suddenly they already have HIV, but it's not too dangerous, but suddenly it explodes with a new variant because of the leaky vaccine. And that goes on and causes other problems for other people. Who are they blaming? The person who didn't take the injection who got, who didn't need, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. This aligns with everything we're already seeing. Now, I want to point out something else I find very relevant. Now, of course, oh, uh, let's see. I don't know how that's possible. That's crazy. Oh, never mind. That's right. I went back through and highlighted it. I was thinking I, I didn't lose it, but I did. That's why I was late to start because I had to go highlight some of this stuff. Now, this is from seven years ago. Malaysia Airlines flight MH17. As this Guardian report points out, AIDS conference says 100 researchers may have been on that flight. As it says, as many as 100 of the world's leading HIV AIDS researchers and advocates may have been on Malaysia Airlines flight, Malaysia Airlines flight that crashed in Ukraine of all places. Interesting tie in there. It was it, it in what has been described as a devastating blow to the efforts to tackle the virus. Or if you want to look at it from a conspiratorial standpoint, that maybe there's a very convenient removal of a lot of the most important people who would be able to call certain things out today. Sort of how like you can point up before, you know, 9-11, for instance, just so happened that one of the most important researchers around Osama bin Laden had just gotten a new job in this new building in, in the Twin Towers and was told to report there. And when he got there, nobody else was there in the building. And he was the only one. And of course, he, he died in that day. And all those other people that were there, I forget who the person was. It, it was, I can see his face in my, it's one of the people that we talked about with Whitney Webb. Oh, not Cadillac. That's going to drive me crazy. Anyway, one of these people that are involved, Howard, maybe? Shoot, I'm, I'm forgetting the names. The point is that this is a, these, all these characters are tied in with stuff like this in the past. And it's interesting how we don't connect the dots there, that he just happened to be first day and first new place. And, he, and on the day he goes in, it happens. And obviously, that's the person that's tying in with it. Come on. Could be. But we should ask the questions just like this. Could it be that in 2014, there was an action and already things that we knew were in proc and in, in action, research, patents, discussions? Maybe. I'm not saying I know for sure, but we should ask these questions knowing what these people are capable of. Delegates to a, and this is what they would, you know, the stuffy mainstreamist people would dismiss as, oh, so stupid. Sort of how, you know, of course, cloth masks work. It's just common sense, you stupid conspiracy theorist. 30 seconds later, of course, cloth masks don't work, you stupid. <laughs> That's the same person we're talking about. Delegates to a, pl a plenary session held ahead of the AIDS 2014 conference were told that email exchanges showed that about, that about 100 attendees were booked on that flight. The plane was downed in eastern Ukraine by what the U.S. and Australian governments have described as a surface-to-air missile. Interesting where, what happened there. We were just talking about 2014. What was really going on there? Very clearly, the U.S. government manipulating what was the situation. Interesting how this ties to that, doesn't it? There was no official confirmation of the number of researchers on board. Isn't that weird? A number of leading scientists, including a former president of the International AIDS Society, who has led an HIV research effort since 1983, are believed to be among the dead. Quote, the people we have lost have played cr critical roles in the global fight against HIV. Interesting. Sad. And then, of course, here's another example from February 2020. 
Frank Plummer, Canadian scientist, key to coronavirus investigation, assassinated in Africa. A lot of these discussions around people in Africa who just randomly disappeared. Whitney Webb has a great article about this. In a very strange turn of events, renowned scientist Frank Plummer, who received a Saudi SARS COVID coronavirus sample and was working on coronavirus and HIV vaccine in the Winnipeg-based Canadian lab from where the virus was smuggled by Chinese biowarfare agents and weaponized as revealed in Great Game India Investigation interesting site with a lot of information to check out, has died in mysterious conditions. Frank Plummer was the key to the Chinese biological espionage case in Winnipeg's National Microbiology Laboratory, but, you know, just suddenly disappeared. How these things go, right? Then you got this one. Weird how on the first, look at the timing. So February 1st, this article comes out. South African scientists will study the link between COVID variants and unrelated HIV. Interesting. Well, when did this? Okay, let's see. This was... February 3rd. Hmm. Okay, so scientists start investigating whether or not the variants of coronavirus are being caused by people with HIV that allow allow this to happen. Isn't that interesting? Then two days later, a new strain's found and it's HIV and everything kicks into gear and people are pointing out as a new thing. No, could be coincidence. Could be. Interesting. Interesting timing, isn't it? We'll see what this has to say. South African scientists will study the link. Remember, this is before the big HIV new variant discussion. As it says, leading South African scientists are set to investigate COVID-19 and HIV in tandem. <laughs> That's strange. As they dismiss any correlation there as fake news and conspiracy theory, just like they used to say that any even mention of a lab leak conversation was so utterly ridiculous right up until they said, now you can talk about it, even though that in and of itself is a limited hangout. Amid mounting evidence that the, the collision of the two pandemics could be generating new coronavirus variants? What do you mean the two pandemics? Are we literally now calling HIV just in perpetuity a pandemic? Seriously? Like, let's not miss the language. They, everything's a pandemic now. Even though right now what we're literally existing in has never been and never even remotely is a pandemic. At best, you could have maybe called it an endemic. And even then, there's a lot of manipulation. And there still is. Like, remember we said in the beginning of this, before this started, the U.S. government had its own graph. I wish I would have, I, every time I, wanted, I had this pulled up, I forget, of a breakdown of five levels with different colors of pandemics. And we are, have never gone past level two. I, I mean, and that's a, I mean, I first saw this on Highwire this whole time. At the peak of this, we were barely level two, which they didn't consider to be a serious pandemic or even a actual pandemic as definition. It was endemic or whatever else. And yet, that didn't, they, would just, they just changed their definitions like everything else. So here we are, apparently labeling HIV in for, forever a pandemic. And now that the two pandemics are coming together, maybe they just jumped the gun a little bit going, well, it's about to be a pandemic, apparently, at least the way they frame it. Interesting, right? This could very well be the next step in this manipulation that drives back in the passports and everything else. New HIV, and we all know how dangerous that was. And now it's it's becoming an, an HIV coronavirus thing, new variant or whatever the hype nonsensical arguments will become. But we see how this is already developing. The team at the Network for Genomic Surveillance in South Africa, which remember, they're already saying like, why would you put this injection back in 2020? They're saying this. Why would you give an injection, an infection to South Africa? An injection that that has this possibility. Fauci didn't say nobody cares. Now, again, jumping forward to today. In South Africa, there's all these crossovers. And remember, that was also where this Omicron thing first came from, is what it's saying right here, which first alerted the world to the COVID variant of Omicron. Okay, so is that what it is? 
Or is this the some kind of weird side effect of the injection with some weird HIV crossover? Like, there's a lot of questions to be had here. They're just framing this however they want. I think we, I think we need to have a serious conversation about every part of this right back to the beginning and considering people like Danny Rancourt and whether this is 100% from top to bottom and a massive illusion. And as I said, it was time for a systematic investigation of what happens when patients with untreated HIV get COVID. Now, why would that just happen all of a sudden? Like, really ask yourself right now, why would just all of a sudden, February 2022, after two years of this thing, they just go, you know, I'm just going to start looking into what might randomly happen with HIV. There's an obvious correlation. One, they're very aware of what the injection's doing to people without saying that here, knowing that we're seeing immune problems. That's everywhere. That's the connection. They're looking at it because, look, if they're causing immune systems, God forbid, somebody who already has HIV, what happens then? Now, that's just one way to look at it. Or you could realize there's much more happening behind the scenes, and this is the impetus for our placing it in our minds. Either way, just realize that whatever the media is spitting at you is so absolutely disconnected from what's currently happening, it's painful to watch. Now, it says a number of studies, including one published by the team last week, have found that people with weakened immune systems, which in your mind should be anybody getting the injection, which we've proven over and over and over, which I'll get into more in a minute, such as patients with untreated HIV, which there's, that's one factor of a lot of, or just what about people that just already have weakened immune systems, immunocompromised? Oh, that's right. They're giving them a shot that dysregulates your immune system. That makes sense. Or what about just people that are with other illnesses, right? It's not just this one untreated HIV conversation. So why are they focusing on just that? Can suffer from persistent coronavirus infections, often for months. Now, who else is seemingly suffering from one after another infections for months and ongoing people with the injection? It's exploding right now. Now, he said the work would focus on two elements, on the patients and how their systems deal with COVID infections and on proving whether new variants are likely to be emerging this way. Okay, so what does that then do again? On top of the other article we just read, well, that adds doubt to their absolute certainty about what's causing variants, even within their narrative. Look, I'm damn certain that the, and this is my opinion, but you come to your own conclusions, that what we're seeing is an obvious creation of variants by the injections based on the science from before this. Not, not, up in the air, definitive peer-reviewed science saying that's what's happening in the context of flu and elsewhere, fine, based on what we're seeing in front of us and based on the new research that's come out after this. I mean, this is very clearly what's happening. And then the obvious correlation for the injection and the variants that exploded afterward that weren't happening in 2020. I mean, it's a no-brainer, guys. That's not just an opinion. We're using peer-reviewed science and observational information and studies and, I mean, for crying out loud. But then they're going, okay, here's our narrative about HIV and coronavirus. Then going, well, maybe that's what's causing the variants. These people with HIV getting infected and it's a perfect breeding ground for variants. So then right there, even if from within their narrative, we should be asking, okay, well, then is it not the unvaccinated? Is that not pot? Yes. That one point is saying it's possible, even within their narrative, that it's not the unvaccinated causing the variants. Well, there goes their entire damn narrative, which, by the way, was already crumbling in front of you based on everything we've already shown you. But this is just one more way of showing that they don't, they don't even know for sure within their own garbage, which should frustrate you as they use those lies to force things on you. Now, February 1st, two days later, big HIV variant discussion, which is now ongoing.
This is not the end of this conversation, guys. We will see more of this. I promise you that. That's what my gut's telling me. But this is where we're seeing this crossover in, in regard to the COVID injections and what's happening to the people afterward. Irrespective, or regardless of HIV at all in this conversation. Just add that into it. And I think one of the, it's only one of two ways we're looking at this. That's what acquired immunodeficiency syndrome is. It's AIDS. Is either that's actually happening because of these injections or the injections are causing this and it's being diagnosed and framed as that, even though it's really just the injection causing a very similar problem. Or maybe it's the injections causing the same problem that the injections were causing back then in regard to HIV. And there never was an AIDS scenario. There was an HIV or a vaccine-induced acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Which, by the way, guys, if you are shaking your head at that, there's a lot of very educated people that have been saying that for a long time. Read the ones, emerging viruses, Herowitz, lots of, there's a lot of very educated PhD scientists, doctors that have been screaming this has been happening for a long time, Dr. Boyle, but because, or Dr. Vinkovitz for crying out loud. This is an article from Expose again. Now, I, I wish, I, they're doing a great job as always, but I, I, the suggests part of this is what a lot of people use that to dismiss this kind of stuff. Like I wish they would just, well, it doesn't even matter. I, I, they do a great job. I don't mean to undermine it. The point is that when you say it suggests this, it doesn't matter. I, I think the titles are a way that the, the point is that people that want to see us as fake news will use all sorts of dumb things to dismiss what's in front of them. I should, I, we shouldn't try to change it because of them. So I take it back. But nonetheless, the point is official government of Canada data suggests the fully vaccinated are just weeks away from developing acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. The point is it, it's the opinion of Expo, the daily expose that the data suggests that, but the data is undeniably clear and di- dive in for yourself. That's here's what it says. And as always on this website, they post their information and links so you can confirm it for yourself. Government of Canada data on COVID-19 suggests that most of the fully vaccinated, quote unquote, fully vaccinated are developing full blown COVID-19 vaccine induced acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Now you could call it that just to have the crossover between what we know and, and understand in the context of HIV and AIDS, but couldn't it just as likely be just this, just simply be the, the lymphocytopenia? exactly the same idea that a dysregulation of immune system that's just completely collapsing. And then on top of that, causing other problems because of the injections and the MRNA and lipid nanoparticles and the spike proteins and everything else swirling around your body, this toxic mix. I, I mean, that, that that's just what we could have to consider that it could just be that this actually just is the injection causing this problem. Not that it's leading to some other new syndrome, right? Or it's called the same thing if you want. After confirming that the immune systems of the fully vaccinated have already degraded to an average of minus 81%. Now, the Canadian information is listed in right here. You can see the link, downloadable PDF there. And here's the PDF. You could look at it for yourself. It's got all the information. On page 20 onwards, page 20 onwards contains data on COVID-19 cases from the very start of the campaigns for injections in Canada. December 14th, 2020, all the way to January 15th, 2022. Now it says, at first glance, when you look at the information, it would appear as if Canada is currently experiencing a pandemic of the unvaccinated, right? Which is how this tends to go. They play with the information with the fully vaccinated not far behind, but this appearance is a fraud, which first of all, even is that fraud, it shows you that they're not, it's not that different really. But when you break it down, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. I didn't highlight everything I had before. So by looking at a previously published report, basically they looked at the information and they subtract, it says they Carrying out a simple subtraction, we're able to deduce the number of COVID-19 vaccines by vaccination status between the different the December 5th, 2021 to January 15th. 
So you're, you're starting from December 5th, 2021, instead of all the way back in 2020, which is not very accurate because we know how much this has changed. Now, of course, they're thanking the Wayback Machine for having that ability, which is important. Now it says the following chart shows the number of cases by vaccination status between December 5th, 2021 and January 15th, 2022. Once we simply subtract the December 4th figures from the entire from the entire grouping. Now, what, what you'll see is nothing new if you watch this show. That in, it says cases by vaccination status between that time frame, and you'll notice that it's unbelievably slanted towards the fully injected. In fact, 61,000 cases versus 492,893. They dismiss this because they go, well, that makes sense because most of them are injected. No, it doesn't at all, not even remotely. Because what they keep trying to argue is that there's going to be a large portion because they're mostly vaccinated, not the aggressive majority. That's the absolute opposite of something that works. Cases alone, but then you get into hospitalizations and deaths and it's the same story. But as they say here, as you can clearly see, Despite huge discrimination against the unvaccinated by Canada's prime minister, Canada is very much experiencing a pandemic of the fully vaccinated. With this demographic recording a shocking 492,893 cases between that time frame, compared to only 61,971 among the not vaccinated population. Now it says 22 million people are at least double vaccinated with 23 million partially vaccinated in Canada. Now we're going to get into the booster argument too, because this is where they're sidestepping this. I'm saying, but, but look at the booster. That's where you want to be, the booster. Well, that's, that's not only just wildly unscientific to just skip to the next part of it as if we pretend that's already been fleshed out. Like, look at them screaming that we don't know. We have, you know, we have to wait for this and a year from there, or, you know, whatever, like when it suits them. We need to wait for the data, except here we are where they're going, no, it works. We just did it. Two days later, we know it works because they said so. Who? Pfizer said so. You mean the, the booster that's already, they said was 100% effective and then we realize it goes down basically nothing after the first 30 days. We had to get the next one. You mean the exact same thing? Yeah. So it's going to do the exact same thing. Correct. Which is what the science has already shown. And we'll show you that in a minute. So the idea of simply pushing out to the third shot also is a manipulation because of the 14 day period, but they push the worst of it back into the second shot. We've shown you all this. This is an illusion. Now it says here, according to official statistics, 38 million people have uh, estimated to be the population. Now it says, therefore, because 23 million people in Canada have had at least a single dose, that leaves approximately 14 million people in Canada who are not vaccinated against COVID-19. Now, Canada, of course, fails to produce the case per 100,000, which is what I keep telling you. That's why we focus on Scotland and UK and places that give you to give that to you because other places don't. Places like Canada and the United States government go out of their way to make this impossible in, in fact, leaving parts out so you can't, you have to go through your own process or it's even impossible to find. But they fail to produce that. What the risk, because right now you'll find the risk per 100,000 is astronomically slanted towards the fully injected. But that would allow us to work this out. But thankfully for that, for the Expo, Daily Expo, they did it for you. To calculate the unvaccinated case per 100,000, all they do is divide the size of the unvaccinated population by 100,000, then divide the number of cases. And by the answer to the previous equation. Now, first of all, recognize that that is even, they regularly underestimate the size of the uninjected. They tell us that, which means that, that based on that logic, it's going to be even far, the information will be, slant, will be far more in favor of the uninjected, right? The point being that the injected are even far, far, have, have a larger problem when compared to a larger unvaccinated population. And they keep admitting, admitting that inside all their documentation. We don't know the full picture, so we guess at it. Or maybe they intentionally misrepresent it. We've seen that happen. But 
the population, 14 million divided by 100,000, number of cases. The point is, it means the unvaccinated case rate is 418.4 per 100,000. Same argument, same application of stat, of, of math, which means the fully vaccinated case rate, based on the information they gave us, check it for yourself, is 2,220.23 cases per 100,000. Now, by the way, if you're going, that can't be true. Well, that literally backs up exactly what you're seeing in the UK. Well, I shouldn't say exactly. Same argument. And they're even using the booster dose, mind you. And look at the breakdown of cases. Same point. Week 52. In most categories, there's almost a doubling of risk. The majority of cases are unbelievably on the side, as you can see here, of the, and I mean, the, when you include all of these, the, the one, two, and three, compared to just the vaccinated, it's unbelievable. It's so aggressively to the vaccinated. But here your point is that the risk on top of that per 100,000 is almost double in almost every age group. So then going back to this, the point is, obviously that makes sense. It's the same wherever you look right now. So the risk is exponentially higher. Then we can use Pfizer's own vaccine effectiveness formula, which again, check for yourself. Use their breakdown to work out the real world vaccine effectiveness. Unvaccinated case rate minus vaccinated case rate divided by unvaccinated case rate equals vaccine effectiveness. 418.4 basically breaks down to negative 430.6%. Therefore, the real-world COVID vaccine effectiveness in Canada is negative 430%. This means the fully vaccinated are 5.3 times more likely to be infected with COVID than unvaccinated populations. This is what vaccination has done to the people of Canada. Now, of course, the point is that that also is, again, backed up by this. I mean, that five times is crazy, but at the very least, you're looking at a two-time risk right there. This is obvious. Now, to me, that shows an obvious overlap to what we are either calling acquired immunodeficiency syndrome or maybe that entirely. Oh, and the same point in Scotland, I just didn't bring up. Same point, exactly the same thing. Now, on the case spot, and this is where they're, they're ignoring the case risk in the, in the booster conversation because it's the same way right now because that's the first part to catch up, right? Even the third dose, which even then you remember they're pushing back the first 14 days of the booster dose into dose two. The first 14 do- days of the problem of two doses back into dose one, and the first 21 days in Scotland of the problem back into unvaccinated. And that's how this illusion is happening. So even doing that, you're seeing the booster dose risk 924 per 100,000 compared to 1,300, 200,000. That's unbelievable. That's case risk right now. Same wherever where you look. Now we're going to get into the illusion around the booster and how that's working because what they're and, and how they're kicking back those the information before we get there. Recognize that as the cases explode, as we just showed you the other day, the two the one thing we can see beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're all being forced to admit to that the cases and transmission are exploding in the specifically fully vaccinated category, which is what the two doses still in the UK, still in Scotland. I proved that the other day. The risk per 100,000 of getting COVID is doubled in most age groups, and the solution. When they know that's happening, well, just stop testing those people. Problem solved. BBC. COVID travel test axed in England and Scotland for fully vaccinated. Well, weird that it perfectly correlates with the two locations that we're pointing that out in. Isn't that strange? Not at all. Active cover-up. Now, on top of that, just to add to that, the ICU, we're talking, this is just the Ontario, which continues to argue that most people in the ICU are unvaccinated. Very clearly, as of today, it's still not the case. Hasn't been the case for months. I keep showing you. 
easily over 50%. Every single day we look is in the ICU is fully injected over 50% every time. 75% in hospital in general is fully injected or injected in in, in general. Keep hiding that. They keep hiding that the risk, unless, oh, it was right here. In general, right now, still is right now at, well, I guess at the peak, it's changing at the end here. Is, let's see, we're looking at fully vaxxed versus partially versus unvaxxed. So it looks like they're crossing here at the most up-to-date information. And this is cases, which by the way, literally contradicts what's actually happening in regard to what we just showed you. So I don't, I don't find that to be on, but I mean, what's funny is we can see this obvious arc here that's showing you the breakdown of risk as of January 5th. There's nothing, the art, there's the data that we're seeing in real world time right now, it's showing you the exact opposite of where they're just saying it's ending up. And that's the same thing we're going to show you right here. Or wait, where was it? I'll get to it in a second. I think right here, same exact thing. We'll get to that in a moment. Here is the ICU breakdown also. So the main point was, first of all, the ICU over 50% here. This is on, uh, this is uh, New South Wales. Same thing. Only 26% of people in the hospital are double, are fully injected. 71% in the hospital are fully injected. So almost 70% of the people in the ICU in New South Wales are fully injected. Only 30% not. Pretty crazy. Now here's New South Wales and a report as of February 4th, backing up exactly what we're saying, even though they try to hide it in their statistics. It says reporting the deaths of 18 people with COVID-19 as on, on February 4th, skipping to the point. Well, let's read this one too. It says uh, older age is significant risk factor for illness. Isn't it funny how they try to include that now as I keep pointing out? Like, why would you include that in your report unless your point is to, is to try to undermine what this, what your next statement is going to be? But, but the age has to be factored in. Okay. Well, where are we not doing that? Oh, before the injection, right? So before the injection, the risk is just an average out at risk for everybody. And if you don't apply by it, you're a conspiracy theorist, but after the injection, well, 80 year olds are much different and you can't apply the risk. So if they die, they're probably just old. That's just inherently hypocritical, particularly combined with underlying conditions. Yep. That's what we said in the beginning, but here's the main point. It says two people who died were aged. Under 55, a man and a woman. Both had received two doses of COVID-19 vaccine. One person had significant underlying health conditions. Two people who died had received three doses of COVID vaccine, boosted. 14 had received two doses, fully injected. One person had received one dose. One person had not been injected. Okay, so if you're going to take this one day as a microcosm of the whole problem, your 18 people died on this day. Now, this is the day report. 18 people died. 17 of them were injected. 16 of them were fully injected. Five of them fully boosted. Only one of them did not have an injection. But this is clearly a pandemic of the unvaccinated, right? <laughs> Unreal how they're framing this. And thank you to Wit Genstein for pointing this out. Now, jumping right to this, I want to make a quick point on this. I was going to go into my stats I'd written down, but you guys have seen it many times. Just showing you the breakdown, the majority is obvious the same way in every category, every single one of them. The majority is obvious. Whether they want to argue the risk is different, which I think we're proving in real time is not. The majority in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths in every one of these locations is exponentially higher in, in the fully injected and boosted, by the way. It's just obvious. But... One of the places we showed that was really obvious that they, a couple of weeks ago was New, was Northern Ireland. Remember that? 
Well, I've been keeping track and I was waiting for them to update. And weirdly enough, you know what they're not doing? Updating the information. This is the same post from last time. And you can see this is just the, the base page. And I'm clicking on COVID vaccination status. It takes you here. The only report it seems to show is December 20th, January 16th. Click on it again. Same point. Only this one. Click on it again. And here we are. The last report. December, weird how Ireland just stopped reporting. You, it should be reported by now, I would argue. The time frame they're pointing to there is is we're well within that. Now, maybe it'll happen in a couple of days, but it just it, it's arbitrary if it just happens whenever they want it to. I think this is clear, in my opinion, there's an issue with people pointing out what they're not wanting people to point out. Just my observation. To add to that last point, of course, we have to recognize that Heather McDonald collapsed on stage and hospitalized. And she says herself, quote, I'm vaxxed, double vaxxed, boosted, and a flu shot. And a single shot. Haven't gotten COVID. And Jesus loved me most. Great. So you don't have COVID. Somehow you have a, 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 you collapse. You can't go on. You have to go to the hospital. And all we say is, thank God I've gotten all these things simultaneously. Even though, as we know, simultaneously, we're talking about a flu shot and an injection for COVID and a single shot, none of which have been tested alongside each other. Because that's logical. Like, it's just irrational. These people are then standing back and going, I don't know what's happening. Must be COVID or it must be something else that's going on. Let me see if I can grab that. I closed that. I, I pulled it up a thousand times, as you guys know. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I got it. There it is. Beautiful. Now, this one I pulled up, as you guys have seen a thousand times, just for the, the one person that might not have seen it. As you can see, this is the most recent report, November 2021, from Biotech and Pfizer Risk Management Plan. As you can see, it's community and talking about the risk management plans. And this is the, this is the most up-to-date for this information. Main point, right here, to, to, to her point. It's telling you right here, interaction with other vaccines. And it says, studies to determine the co- if the co-administration of this injection, COVID-19 mRNA vaccine with other vaccines in general, may affect the efficacy or safety of either of the vaccines have not been performed. And yet, as I said in the pharmacy, it said push flu shots right there. And she's telling you that she got all of them right alongside each other. How does that make sense to anybody? Now, I think it's pretty obvious why this person is struggling. She's got all sorts of things in her body that are causing all sorts of obvious problems. And then you're doing things alongside each other that haven't even been tested to be safe. But yeah, we're crazy though, right? Now, the booster shot is how they're playing this game. And I think this is the really important part to how they're playing this shell game. What's funny is you even have people like this pointing to the, the information from Scotland and going, look, look. And this is from an older one from a while ago, but oh, actually, maybe, maybe not. No, this is January 7th. But it's, what it says or what they're doing is going, look at how different it is. Third, the third booster is so much better than a vaccinated. Okay, how about you just ignore how much worse the two dose is than that? Right, so you're, we're supposed to wade through all this negative problems and increased risk just to get to a third dose, ap- dose after a month and a half that might not even be there. You think about how dumb that is. But so the point is, all these are people that have it in their body. They're just trying to rationalize their choice and going, "Oh, I knew it! I knew it!" The problem is that this is. I mean, I'll just jump right to it. This is Biden says stuff like this. This is so unbelievably irresponsible. Here's the deal, Biden says. As remember, he said in the beginning, you won't go to the hospital. You won't die if you get the inject. Well, clearly that's a lie or he was wrong. So let's trust him this time. Unvaccinated individuals are 97 times more likely to die compared to those who are boosted. 
Protect yourself and those around you by getting vaccinated and boosted. This person, of course, grosses me out by her name is Amy Vaccine for Kids Under Five, which probably is not even real for all I know. I don't know how you can see. I don't know how you can't see how painful it is to read this, meaning so she's blindly taking that as fact, even though she shouldn't, when you won't let us vaccinate our babies. Our babies. You mean your baby that has an absolutely zero risk, statistically speaking, in regard to COVID-19, who has a one in a million chance or better, according to Oxford Calculator, of, of dying? or not dying from COVID-19, and on and on and on. And the injection increases their risk of a thousand different things. Yeah, what a great parent. This person is blindly trusting what she's being told because she has been taught that that is smart. Biden is telling you you have a 97% chance, higher, 97 times more likely to die if you're unvaccinated compared to just the boosted category. Interesting how he's leaving out where the majority of Americans are, which is the double category. So that's meant to drive them to get the booster. But again, it ignores all the people that they're focusing on, which is have none of them. Why would I get one with everything we know or two with everything we know, knowing that you're literally ignoring that reality right there and just going jump to the third one? But here's, the, here's what they're doing, though, just to use Scotland as the example, because that's the, what their person's pointing to, and that's what they're only allowing people to look at. Let's go to the death category. Okay, so here's what they're pointing at. Now, what they're doing is taking the best possible week and comparing it to this and going, look at that, 5.61 compared to 0.21. That's what he's doing. He's lying to you because, first of all, this is a week or month breakdown, which is in no way representative of the entire picture. That's why we've continued to give you the month breakdown month after month after month. And it's been the same for the entire time, only until they insured, inserted the booster into the conversation and pretended like that changed everything, despite the numbers being higher right? I mean, look, last week is 77 compared to 18. This risk per 100,000 is going to increase. Mark my words. And even if it's not, which I promise you it is, remember that we've already proven to you more times than I can count that what they're doing is rolling this back. And this was, wait, how did I mess that up? Hold on. I hope I didn't lose something here. Dang it. I can grab it though. Hold on. Huh. Okay, let me just do this. That is strange. I think I think something got lost when Yeah, it must have. Here, I can just grab I think I can remember this one. Uh here we go. Perfect. Web archive first. There we go. Okay. Come back to that. Now, where were we? There was, this is the, the discussion in regard to the booster and how they're playing this that I wanted us to see that you guys have probably all seen, but just a quick reference on it. But so here we are back here on this point. So they're comparing these things, right? And that's what we're seeing all over the place. That's what the, on me, on, the, on Twitter, everywhere else, like get the booster. That's the clear step, the clear direction of the administration. Now, what's funny is people up here are pointing to this data. And saying, look at how dangerous this is. Look at what's happening. And these people are coming in arguing that the booster is the point. And see, people are trying to go, look, guys, there's a danger here. Okay, so we can clearly recognize that this is the sidestep. Here is uh, the data from Iceland. 14-day incidents by age and vaccination status. Now, this has already started to dip. But I want you to recognize something very interesting. Right now, in every category that's had time to flesh out, 
what you'll notice here, and this they're acting like none of it matters beside this black line down here. You'll find that, look, up top you see what? Children not fully vaccinated, or excuse me, uh, where was it? Oh, that's weird. So, I, well, anyway, the point was in regard to adults, first of all. The children, which I, I swear that was different when I looked at it a second ago, but it, I guess not. So in this case, the graph showing you that in this case, children have a higher risk, not fully vaccinated, which is, that's, that, I pointed that last time in regard to the caveat around the child conversation, which is why it has the asterisk next to it in any case. But the point is that adults fully vaccinated have a much higher risk than adults not fully vaccinated. That's the main point. That's the point of why I'm showing you this. And that has been this way the entire time. Right? I mean, other than a brief, like right here, look at the crossover. Actually, we can point out exactly that looks like, uh, so it's December 20th, 2021. Interesting, right? That's the whole shift, right? Omicron, all this conversation. And ever since then, what we can see is that the fully injected have had a much higher dangerous risk. But the booster is staying below that. Now, what you're going to see, and this is my opinion, take it for what you will. That knowing this information, in, in all taken together, first of all, that multiple studies have come out and told you that the injection is going to do just like the others, because it's the exact same thing. As it says, that the, the values uh, in, in general for, uh, it, at first increased by 2.7 relative to the unvaccinated in the first month post the booster dose, yet then decayed to a difference of 1.3, basically irrelevant, in the second month and became small and insignificant in the third and fourth months. The rate and magnitude of this post-booster decline, so it's booster we're talking about, in viral load reduction effectiveness mirrored those observed in the other doses and suggest a rapid waning of the booster's effectiveness, reducing infectiousness. So they know this already, yet they're just pushing the third one anyway. Makes no sense whatsoever, especially when you include the fact, as I've showed you before, that it's a shot still based on the original isolate. Whatever we, that's assuming that's even what we're talking about, right? Because you know that conversation. The point is, if it's still based on the original thing, which is what they're saying, we know, as a matter of fact, that it's having no effect on what they're telling you is here. That's what it's already being argued in other phase sections of the mainstream media. The Atlantic's entire article, why would we take a booster for something that we already, because it's like reading a textbook for a test from 20 years ago. They know this information, but they're pushing it anyway, which not only can increase your risk of antibody-dependent enhancement and plenty of other problems, but it means it's not doing what they say it's doing. In fact, it's just causing problems for your body. Then we recognize again, based on this Pfizer study, and this is the most up-to-date, including Omicron, that before we even get to the negative efficacy, which we already just showed in regard to the dysregulation of the immune system conversation from Canada, but their own study came out and showed you that with one, one day in, this thing immediately begins to go away. Immediately. And, and, what, and what the article is talking about in regard to, they mentioned it in this article as well, in the expose, in regard to what we're seeing here, what they also mention is that when your immune system starts to do this, when the, let's say the antibodies wane right away, the point they're making, that's not the injection not doing what it's supposed to. That's your immune system not doing what it's supposed to. So what's happening is this is hurting your immune system. That's what all this is showing you. Your immune system is not, it, it's, it's not acting the way it should. And so the injection is needed to kick it back to where they think it should be. And eventually that becomes, as we keep pointing out, the injection becomes necessary for you to even be able to fight this stuff off. Where is that not necessary? Natural immunity where we continue to show that's never been necessary with variants of concern, Omicron going forward. 
But here we are with the most up-to-date booster they're telling you to get. And after one day, it drops immediately. By 30 days, 55 relative risk reduction, 55%, which is basically like a 0.05% reduction, absolute risk. Ridiculous. Then by 31 days, 16%. I mean, really, you could read this one of two ways. You could argue by one day, it's 55%. And then by 31 days, it's 16%. And then by 60 days, it's 9%. And then from 90 to 150 days is where it increases, or you basically have a 60, a 76% increased risk of catching coronavirus if you have an Omicron, or if you have the Pfizer and Omicron we're talking about. That's their information. Now, even if you want to ignore the increased risk, which is very relevant, you're getting something that is not even remotely efficacious, and you're telling us that's going to keep you safe from something that you're screaming is hurting people, even though it's clearly not more dangerous. And we know that this thing very clearly can dysregulate your immune system. Like, you see how it's all connecting together? Then we have to recognize if it does increase your risk after 30 days or 90 days, which is why they're screaming, get another shot after three months. This is this how we speak to the issue of the numbers being so much lower. We have to remember that they are knowingly manipulating the information. So first of all, what Alberta accidentally showed in their, in their information, but then deleted immediately because they got caught and you can see the graphs no longer there. No, no caveat asterisk. They just deleted it. Move forward is they found out and revealed that in the first shot, the days of between the first immunization, that the vast majority of the problem, oh, that's and that's why I was going to have this one too. Hold on. His article, I wanted to show you the graphs they broke down on there. But you can see that the vast majority of the problem happens within the first, looks like 20 to 40 days. But the, re, the majority of that problem happens within the first 20. Right, so what they're saying, and, and then we have to prove to you to make this clear that on there, this is the current site that's up right now, not the Wayback Machine. It says right now that 54% of the cases since January 1st have were unvaccinated or diagnosed within two weeks from the first dose. Isn't that interesting? Now in Scotland, guess what it says? Oh, that's right. I didn't save that picture. Uh, let's see if I can grab it real quick. I think I can. Hold on. This is an important one to show. I think it's in definitions up here. Oh, I think I think it was page eight. Shoot. Apologies for the delay, guys. One second. What in the heck? Did they remove it? Here, let's do this. There we go. Whew, found it. That was weird. I swear that was higher up in the group. Okay, so here's the main point. Scotland has changed that. So over here, to re get the point back in, in your minds, we're talking about 14 days that they're telling you. And that's not just cases. That's hospitalizations and deaths. They were either unvaccinated or diagnosed within two weeks, meaning that there's a 14-day period where they've already got injections, one and then two, and then they had to wait 14 days. Now, anything that happened in that time frame gets kicked back. That's what they're saying. So if, it, if one, you get one shot and, and it's 13 days, whatever happened to you there, you get considered unvaccinated. That's what they're saying right there, very clearly. My point was Scotland is doing that even further. 
What they're saying is one dose is more than 21 days after. Now, that's a very relevant point. But understand, this happens not just dose one, happens dose two, happens booster. So everything within 14, so you get two doses in 14 days or 13 days, anything that happens there gets kicked back into two doses, right? So if you've got your dose two until 14 days, any problem that happens gets kicked back into dose one. In Scotland, anything that happens in the first 21 days gets kicked back into unvaccinated. They're openly saying this without saying it with information right there, okay? So looking at the data again, you can see why that number starts to make sense and why my point is you're going to see that it's going to grow as this happens again and again and again. Here's your deaths. So remember, the majority of the problem is clearly happening in that early time frame, right? So we're seeing these information here and all the things that happen in that first 21 days, which is very relevant, gets kicked back over to dose two. Everything bad that happens in the first 14 days here gets kicked to dose one. And in Scotland, everything that happens in the first 21 days in this category gets kicked over into unvaccinated. How is that honest? Now, I was going to say the other day, too, that first, I understand what their logic would be, an argument for why 14 days. Well, because it takes that long for the vaccine to begin to work, they say. Now, sure, that seems like a fair argument, but that's not scientific. There's no scientific basis for why you wouldn't consider consider those problems in the context of the injection. Yes, you can add that asterisk and say, well, it hadn't really kicked in yet, but you can't then go, but it's not associated for sure, which is what they're doing. That's a willful deception. What's interesting to me is when you see this article from Joel Smalley and he breaks it down into a graph, what you notice is 21 days makes all the difference in the world. So to go to flesh this out a little bit more for those that hadn't seen it, Here's the graph showing you that in 14 days, you have like 80% of the problem. That's a huge amount. Or excuse me, it's actually like 56%. It goes up to 60%. That's right. I'll show you the graph. And then if you look at dose two, you still get a surge of problem in the beginning, which gets kicked back, right? That's important to remember. But the one dose is the huge issue here. So in Scotland, when they start going to 21 instead of 14, because in 14 days, that accounts for 55% of all the deaths, all of them. Go up to 21 days, that takes you to 70%. Look at that. So suddenly, 70% of the problem becomes a mathematical manipulation. That's what's happening with the booster. And my point is, this is going to happen, where this will pan out where suddenly after three months and the bulk of people who get the booster after three months, which has, which we're, I, I don't even believe we're fully there yet. A lot of the problems are being kicked around, manipulated, but the bottom line is once the bulk of the population gets past this period, we're going to see a problem. And that's why even Israel and other places are pushing the fourth. It's clear that this is a problem. But on top of that, we're seeing all the other issues that are being piled on top of it. And the fact that it's just going to wane off on its own, which means your, your immune system is having a problem and on and on and on. So one, and, and again, to add the last part again, is that how much of this here in this group should be over here? We'll never know, I guess, because they don't tell us. Now, moving over into the collapsing athletes conversation, one of my favorites, not because it's a, it's not a horrific conversation, but because of how willfully ignorant these people are being. I almost, I almost, I had half a mind to make this guy's picture my main picture just because of how ridiculous this is. His smug, pompous dismissal. 
just everything about this guy is so he just overwhelmingly pompous and and his hubris makes me want to punch the computer. Now we'll go through the data. We 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 discussed it today with Brian. I'll go through it again briefly and show you the information we've shown you before. It's very quick. It's very easy to show. 20-year studies, six-year studies from NIH, from FIFA, showing you all the different things we've proven to you that is that right now, the number of people that have collapsed after having the injection, and no, we're not saying we can prove every one of them is because of the injection. That's not the argument, you see. Historically speaking, where we are with just simple athletes collapsing for any reason, we are so far past the average, scientifically proven so, that it's alarming. And people like this are going to smugly tell you you're a dumb fool for even remotely considering this. But let's listen to his level of evidence and what he presents to you as evidence. And then let's look at what we have to show for evidence. And I'll let you decide which one makes more sense. In the words of that great philosopher Q-Tip, I really can't say I guess I laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. There's a new lie emerging from COVID-19 conspiracy theorists of late. Athletes are dying after getting the vaccine. Former NBA great John Stockton drew national attention late last month when he insisted in an interview that, quote, there's 150, I believe now, it's over 100 professional athletes dead, professional athletes, the prime of their life, dropping dead, that are vaccinated right on the pitch, right on the field, right on the court. Okay, so first of all, what is he actually saying right there? John Stockton is saying, and that's way more than that, he's not saying that, they, that he can prove they caused it, is he? He's saying over 100 of athletes have died that are vaccinated. That's easily verifiable. They're just going to argue there's, they had a heart attack or some other reason or a pre-existing condition or they, they didn't exercise enough during lockdown. That's actually one of their arguments, professional athletes. But listen to how he talks about it. End quote. Uh, okay. Wisconsin Senator and Republican Ron Johnson, never one to let a good fact-free conspiracy go unmentioned, got in on the action too. Okay, so we just jump over that apparently. We haven't even gotten to talking about whether that's an accurate statement. And you realize how much gaslighting is already happening. Like, this is not journalism. Like, this is a hit piece. And it's pathetic. I mean, I mean, it made me feel bad for this person, which I shouldn't, because of how bad this is. You're not, I mean, you're not, all you're doing is dismissing these people based on your perception of them, at least so far, and it doesn't get much better than that, right? We'll never let a good conspiracy to go to waste. Okay, so that's really objective, isn't it? Let's go ahead and frame this person as a ridiculous idiot before you then give us the point that we're supposed to then be objective about. No, there's no even semblance of objectivity in this, which means it's not journalism. Let's continue. In an interview with Charlie Kirk, the head of the conservative group Turning Point USA, Ron John said this. Quote, we've heard story after story. I mean, all these athletes dropping dead on the field, but we're supposed to ignore that. Nothing happening here. Nothing to see. This is a travesty. This is a scandal. Okay, so again, now explain, show to me where he suggests that we know the vaccine's causing this. It doesn't, in fact, you see, but this guy is happy to assume for him, you know, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is what he meant because I know, right? Because I'm the news guy. I know. Well, no, you don't. In fact, you're willfully misrepresenting what he's actually saying, which is that all these people have collapsed and we're not when we're pretending like it's normal. That's the scandal. The fact that it's obvious the injection is part of this conversation is what I would is what we're discussing. And we're baffled that people like you won't even ask the question. In no way are we saying we know for sure that all of these are caused by the injection, but they love to couch this on some Facebook post that takes it out of context and gets 30 shares. And they go, that's where they're getting it from. That's the epitome of these fact checks. Let's keep going. 
end quote. Is it? Really? Where, you might ask, is the evidence for all these athletes dropping dead on the field? Well, I put that question to Johnson's Senate office. Quote, The senator has been pressing for transparency in government, especially in our federal health agencies, so that the American people have as much information as possible before they make healthcare decisions for themselves and their families. Yeah, a typical political response, right? Like, are you really going to pretend right now, which he is, that that's not what you would get from literally any politician on any side of any argument anywhere in the world? Yes, he is. That's what a spokeswoman told me, which <laughs> doesn't even come close to answering the question I asked. Yeah, how about you do your own due diligence and actually search for all of the evidence that's very clearly there, like the commentators that are calling this out, or the other athletes that have stood up and said this is unprecedented, or the ongoing list of people that verifiably, beyond a shadow of a doubt, have gotten the injection and then literally died on the field. Hundreds of them. 600 plus are verifiably people who have gotten the shot and had a cardiac problem on the field. Verifiable. We'll go into it afterward, but apparently this debunker is not even capable of briefly looking into this stuff other than people who tell him how to think. Right? Right. And the reason you haven't heard about this scandal of dead athletes is because it's not a scandal. Have we gotten to evidence yet? I'm, I'm looking. I don't, I don't see it yet. I see narrative. It's just not really happening at all. Oh, okay. Not at all, apparently. <laughs> The rumor appears to have started. Oh, it's so exacerbated. Oh, it's just so tough to be the one, the only smart guy in the room, isn't it, Glasses? On the right-wing misinformation trail. For instance, the pro-Trump website oh, and Gateway by the way, Pundit published Now we're on the right wing of it, see? Now, now it's no longer about the facts and, you know, and the apolitical concept of just people playing sports. No, no, no. It's a right-wing manipulation. Now we're off in the, now that the partisan manipulation world, and that's all they need. That's the, all the evidence they need. Gateway Pundit talked about it? Well, oh, yeah, you're dumb, stupid, big conspiracy theorist article on December 6th with this headline. Wait, 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 I missed that before. Is it, is it not an article? Wait, hold on a second. The pro-Trump website Gateway Pundit published an article. <laughs> what? I, hold on a second. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I have ever seen. Okay, hold on a second. What does article mean? What's the definition of the word article, right? What does it mean? Well, first of all, there's a couple definitions, just a, you know, an article of clothing, right? But in the context of what he's trying to, in, where he's trying to suggest that it's somehow not a written composition in prose, usually a nonfiction on a specific topic, forming an independent part of the book. Okay, so it's a written organization of words. That's it. There's no meaning, but it doesn't have to, it's no, it's not only an article once it is fact-checked or mainstream or... But yet this guy puts it in quotes. I mean, what are you even trying to undermine right there? That it's not actually there? I mean, these people are ridiculous. I just had to call that. That is so dumb. December 6th with this headline, quote, started on the right wing misinformation trail. For instance, the pro-Trump website Gateway Pundit published an article on December 6th with this headline, quote, report shows nearly 300 athletes worldwide collapsed or suffered cardiac arrest after taking COVID vaccine this year. Right. 100% verifiable. There's no, it is the easiest thing in the world to take 30 seconds and find out that there has been well over 300 athletes that have had cardiac problems after the injection. He wants to pretend that means we're arguing for sure. And by the way, I'm proving that that is the connection, but I'm not saying I can prove every one of them. But he wants to misconstrue that to people that are somehow going along with this as if he's presenting facts anywhere that... 
They're suggesting that it was the injection. Therefore, they can't prove it. Therefore, this is fake news. That's the epitome of this guy or of his of this guy's breakdown. Many died. The report on which the Gateway Pundit piece is based comes from a website called Good Sciencing. Exactly. An anonymously run site that is larded with anti-vaccine pseudoscience. Quote, oh, oh, is it really? We are a small team of investigators, news editors, journalists, and truth seekers, now backed up by others, who are discovering pieces of information <laughs> that we can investigate. Uh, yeah, right. Like, like, they, like every mainstream platform in the world doesn't have, like, obviously conflicting funding sources, right? <laughs> others, who could that mean? Well, here, here is the point of what he is undermining. Or actually, yeah, right here. Good. This is what we keep showing you. Now, what's funny is how they are talking about all these anti-vaccine. Oh, really? Uh, well, there's, there's, this is data-based, right? I mean, this is really bad. And the point is I keep showing you this, not because I'm saying this proves what, this is one aspect to a huge growth, a mountain of evidence. But as I showed on, on the show with Brian today, and we'll get into one more, more in a second. There's nothing even, this is not hypothetical. This is, this is basic, basic information. They call it fake news anti-vax side because they're, oh my God, they referenced the Gates Foundation. And what will follow this link, the Gates Foundation to see some media that could do it. For example, NPR and receive 24 million from them. Oh, what fake news? You mean the fact that they're funding these media agencies that are not reporting on this? Oh, right. That's what they don't like, you see. But here's the main point. Every single thing they reference, right? So let's be clear. 624 athletes. How much you want to bet it's increased by some since I did the show this morning? Let's find out. I guess not. Well, I think that actually went up. But the point is, these guys are on this constantly. Now, you can dismiss this if you'd like, but if you do so without checking it for yourself, you're, a, you're not a journalist. And that's what this person did, obviously. 624 athletes have collapsed, have had cardiac arrests, and have had serious issues. 387 of them have died after a shot. Not that we can prove every one of those shots caused it. And if you read this and actually read it, that's what it says very clearly. But here's my point. Every single one of them, I mean, every single one of them is linked to, the sto- to multiple news stories, multiple. And every single one of the ones that's linked under this category, and I'll scroll for a second and show you them, and I'll continue to scroll. And it goes from every, we're, now, now just to 2021, before that was just 2022. Still scrolling. Every single one of these people and you see it's red next to them if it's dead. Every single one of them, verifiably, and you can confirm it for yourself if you care to do your due diligence, unlike this guy, you can verify that they had the shot. 100%. Do it. Look up. Look into one. Find. Prove me wrong. And then you can verify that they did have a cardiac arrest. Okay. So this is not hard to prove. You can click these things for yourselves, and it shows the story and their name and the discussion from the the new the uh, sports media saying they did have this and they did have the shot, or however the, that's what the multiple stories are for. One's the shot, one's the, the fact that it happened. And then just quickly look, just scrolling, 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 and then finally you get into the part where he's then or they they are then going okay. Everything before this, you can do your due diligence on prove they did have the shot prove they did have a cardiac event, not that they necessarily are this connected, then goes into a huge list of people that he they could have added, but they don't know for sure have the vax. Now, why would you go out? Of, I mean, they could be lying. I mean, anybody could be lying, but this shows you that they're going out of their way to be objective and saying, look, these are, there's a huge other list of all these people that did die or did have an injection, but you can't connect them to the other and so on. 
right? Think about how ignorant it is of this person to point at something this well-sourced with all of the links to every single thing he's talking about. Every one of them. And he calls it some ridiculous thing and dismisses it without even showing it. I mean, good God. Talk about how ridiculous. Listen again. Reads the websites. Analysts and truth seekers, now backed up by others, run site that is larded with anti-vaccine pseudoscience. Quote, we are a small team of investigators, news editors, journalists, and truth seekers, now backed up by others, who are discovering pieces of information that we can investigate, reads the website. Oh, and by the way, I'm pretty sure they mean others, like as in other scientists and other researchers, but apparently that was a little too complex for this guy. About page. It adds, I mean, it, it can't, doesn't can't. really matter who we are. Again. Are you okay? So, what do you? I, I don't think this guy understands what quotes mean. I think he. I, I think they have recognized that the average ignorant CNN watcher doesn't even understand what they mean. They just think it means like, oh, this is supposed to be not real. But are you implying the about us page is not there, or are you implying that they're lying about who they are? I mean, it doesn't. I mean, obviously, he's suggesting that that doesn't constitute enough for him about an about us page. But it's just dumb to pretend. Like, who gets to make these decisions? Why does it matter? The point is, guy, that you're more concerned about who these people are than actually checking the data, you know, like a good journalist or researcher would. He is using an ad hominem here. Ooh, they don't even tell us who they are, who the others funding them. So let's ignore every single data point that we can prove on their website. That's what CNN, that, this is CNN in a bullet, in a, in a nutshell. It doesn't? It does Okay. Exactly. Right, you see, he's baffled by that because th to them, reputation and clout is everything. It's far more important to them than the truth. So instead of being able to actually research the facts and confirm the facts, which is all that really matters, he's more concerned with saying that we don't know who they are, therefore fake. Sorry, I didn't mean to go back. About page. It adds, no. it doesn't really matter who we are, end quote. <laughs> it doesn't? It do okay. All right. Let's, let's move. You want to move on? Let's move on. Still waiting for the facts, by the way. Sourcing aside, it's worth looking at the claims these sorts of websites make, which factcheck.org did and found. Ah, and now we get to the quote evidence, which is what somebody else told him to think. Again, this is CNN and Fox News and mainstream media in a nutshell. Just like when that White House personnel, when they got asked, like, how do you know it's actually Delta? She says, because the CDC told us. And he goes, yeah, I heard that. How do you know? How do they know it's actually Delta? because they told us it is. That was actually a response twice. To them, being told by authority is fact, is research. I, I can't say that enough. And that's what this is showing you. Looking at the claims these sorts of websites make, which, okay, all right, let's, let's move. You want to move on? Let's move on. Sourcing aside, it's worth looking at the claims these sorts of websites make, which factcheck.org did and found this. Quote, more than 300 athletes, including students, professionals, amateurs, and retirees from around the world were included. We reviewed publicly available information for each of the 19 professional athletes who either came <laughs> from or played in the U.S. We found no proof of a causal relationship in what? any of the cases between the vaccines and the injuries or deaths. Okay, this is a really important point here. This is exactly what we keep saying, right? What did he just do right there? This is a classic concept of their fake debunking. I, that's why I made it clear to make that a big point with each time he pointed out those, those quotes. What were they saying? Were they saying the vaccine caused every single one of these? No. They said these people, a large number of them, have had cardiac problems after being injected. Then to debunk that blatantly obvious statement, 
He's pretending they're suggesting that without saying it. Even they may be, but they didn't say it, did they? He then goes to this. And then there was also... Oh, I was hoping it would stay paused. Saying, we found no proof of a relationship between the case. Okay, but see, you're, you're debunking a statement they didn't make. By simply saying we can't find a relationship is not in any way suggesting there's not an obvious problem with these athletes collapsing all over the place. And then you can obviously point out that, look, weird, most of them were injected. And then look, weird, that's the only difference in their lives. You decide what you want from that. If you see all of that and walk away thinking conspiracy theorists, you're the most ignorant person alive. This is how they sidestep that so-called fact check and people who listen to these people or listen to this person who listens to those people, because that's how dumb, stupidly removed this is. This is a guy telling you what fact check said. You're not even looking at fact check. People who take that and walk away thinking they're informed are the biggest problem today. I don't think they're the majority. But this is an obvious problem. Then you can realize that proving a causal relationship between a vaccine adverse event and the vaccine is near impossible. They know that, and they've used that the entire time. That's why they go, we don't know for sure. Therefore, it becomes, it's not true. But that's not, that's not what that means. If we don't know, that means it very clearly could be. If you ask any actual, I think it was the, the Pittsburgh medical med chief medical examiner, he said that in the beginning of this. He said, look, if you don't see a clear cause, if you've got something like a heart attack or blood, all these different things happening, and you do the autopsy and you don't find a clear cause, that's an obvious indication that it was most likely the injection. He said that on the record. And you can find that in other places too, if you really dig. The point is that you, you almost never find a, core, a connection to these things. That's probably the way they're made. That's my opinion. At the end of the day, that's just the way it is. So let's keep this, let's continue. Or deaths. And then there was also this from factcheck.org. Quote, although good sciencing claims COVID-19 vaccines were to blame for the deaths or injuries, the website provides no evidence. Okay, so now we've stepped into debunking the website. You see, the whole argument was to debunk what we started with, right? He's, don't forget where we are. He's supposedly debunking Stockton, the, 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 I mean, the whole idea, the whole concept, but he used Stockton and Johnson and these different people about in debunking what they're saying. And then he goes to an article that they're, that somebody else pointed to. It's not even in the context of their conversation. So he just plucked out an article, which by the way, I do think is an important one and is now debunking what it says on that article and therefore debunking what Johnson and Jock Stockton said. The, I can't, the connection is so completely foggy. It, it's frustrating and people go along with it or played in the U.S. We found no proof of a causal... And then there was also this from factcheck.org. Quote, although good sciencing claims COVID-19 vaccines were to blame for the deaths or injuries, the website provides no evidence in most cases, <laughs> 16 of the 19, that the athletes and former athletes were even vaccinated. He literally just said that. Right. And, and this that's the crazy part about this, guys. This is the article. So... Did he even read it? Right? I mean, he's referencing somehow uh, 19. Uh, how about the other, I mean, how about the 624 people that are on here? Right? And how about the fact that I just literally showed you every single one of these? Every single one of them is backed up by evidence. Cited to the location it happened from, where it happened, how it shows they got the injection. It, every one of them. I mean, there's literally links and source material to every single thing that's stated in here. And yet, his argument is that they don't back up with evidence. Why? Because fact check, check told him so. I would bet my life End quote. that he didn't even read the article. He just read what fact check said about the article and reported it as fact. You know I'm right.
I don't know that for sure. But look at what it says right there. Although good science, we just showed it to you, claims COVID vaccines were to blame, which by the way, they don't claim, read it for yourself. They don't do that. They suggest that it's just as likely as we are. These are people that are that ignorant or wildly deceptive. But it says the website provides no evidence in most cases. Seriously? I mean, how th- this is criminal almost. You know what I mean? Like these people are supposedly fact-checking for people that are being told what to think, and they're not even looking at this. And they're hoping you don't have the time to look at it, and that's why they don't even give you links. That's why this guy is not giving evidence of any kind. He's citing a fact-check article and giving you statements, just like the government did about Ukraine. See the connection? 16 of 19. So even there, they're suggesting they gave evidence for three of them out of 624 and pretending that there was only 19 there or that they were even discussing that the athletes and former athletes were even vaccinated. My God. Like, imagine what this guy would do if we confronted him with this stuff in real time. He would look like Sanjay Gupta on Joe Rogan's show. That's what would happen. Or he would run away or he'd get mad because that's what happens because this is blatant lies. It's and former athletes were even vaccinated, end quote. What, what's happening here? is a complete lack of statistical connection. (laughs) See what I mean? You know, you see how frustrating this is? This guy is so completely overtaken with his own perceived intelligence, and it's frustrating because of how smug and pompous he's being, as he's not even remotely, not even a, not a single ounce of evidence. He's, He's dismissing all of this. What has he presented so far other than statements from fact check? Where's the evidence that backs up what that statement even said? This is the same idea for idea from the beginning. He is presenting statements, and because CNN said so, that's fact. That's how you're supposed to take this today, and that's how people are being... Con- that's why this guy about Ukraine was so confounded. I just gave you the evidence. Isn't it crazy? Take the case of baseball legend Hank Aaron. Aaron died two weeks after... Of course, and this is the one they love to jump to. Despite all the real ones we can prove to you, this is one that was taken. And there's a lot of these that were taken out of context by a lot of people in the community, which instead of going in and going, he could, this could be another one. They're going in and go, I knew it. He did. He died from the vaccine. And, and the point is, a lot of these are up in the air. Receiving his first dose of the Moderna vaccine. But according to the Fulton County Medical Examiner, Aaron, who was 86 years old, died of natural causes. Another common. Right. And if you remember, it's the same point we said before. It's not that they said this. What The point is, you can look at the actual information and realize that there's no, def- you can't, you just know, there's no definitive connection. That's what the finding was. That's what you find in almost every single vaccine induced problem, which if you dig in, you will find that it, it's the truth. So it's just, a, 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 they're happy to accept that as absolute using one person to dismiss 624 that we can prove. And there's way more than that too. And he's accusing Good sciencing of doing that. The cited episode by these vaccine conspiracy theorists is the collapse on the field of Denmark's Christian Eriksen last year during a major European soccer tournament. Immediately after... Right, just the one guy, of course. That's the only one, right? After that incident, social media absolutely lit up with claims that Eriksen's collapse was tied to the COVID-19 vaccine. Only problem? Erickson hadn't been vaccinated when he collapsed. Erickson, by the way, suffered a cardiac arrest on the field, but has since recovered. Now, by the way, as far as I can tell, that's not even accurate. That's, I mean, that's, that's literally, there's a whole big discussion around him specifically that it's not even worth getting into with the one case. Of course, how they cherry pick the ones they want to try to debunk. Like, let's be clear about it. If he looked into this and got those names, he saw other ones too. 
He chose to ignore those because these are the ones he could create doubt about. But even that one case, I, there's much more to that than just saying he didn't have it. I disagree. But look, putting that behind us, let's get into the full picture. Now, Finish what's this out. most remarkable to me about these sorts of claims is how incredibly easy they are to debunk. A single <laughs> Google search <laughs> reveals things like the Gateway Pundit story of some tweet or Facebook post your uncle sent you are in fact complete. And see? see? You know, see how insulting that is to your intelligence? Like, like we're supposed to be swayed by, by some aggressive hand-waving and dismiss and, and smug, pompous comments and memes, and that's enough. That's, that's the level he thinks you're at. Now, on top of that, that he's saying that this is easy to debunk. By simply looking this stuff, I'm... Yeah, you mean literally what we just... Just, just wait until we're done with this. For those... I'm, I hope there are people that have been following along because they think I'm wrong and because this is all I'm going to do. Just wait. Total bunk. It's since recovered incredibly easy they are to debunk. A single Google search <laughs> reveals things like the Gateway Pundit story of some tweet or Facebook post your uncle sent you are in fact complete and total bunk. And that's what it was too, that, they, that they're suggesting you got this from some Facebook post, right? Instead of where we source the peer-reviewed science that backs up exactly what we're saying, we'll get there. It's bad enough that anyone believes this junk. That a sitting U.S. senator not only believes it, but feels confident enough I mean? in these false reports to pass them on publicly. So he used the good sciencing article that is making claims that they're not even what he's saying. Like they're not, if you check, well, read the article for yourself. They're not saying definitively, but he used that to argue that what Ron Johnson said was false, even though he, ver he basically just proved for you that it isn't false because he didn't say it's absolute. That's the most, that is intellectual dishonesty. He knows that, but they're dishonest. They don't care. They, they have a smug side that they're on. We're right politically, and you're a dumb idiot conspiracy theorist on the right, most likely. That's how they see it. So it doesn't really matter. Narrative to them is truth today. It's just awful. It's also deeply irresponsible. Oh, and is that it? Is the point. Ah, okay. Chris Siliza. Uh, Let's talk about irresponsibilities, Chris. How about we do that? How about we, we look at just a few basic things here? So first of all, just so we're clear again, this is the article he's discussing and saying that they don't provide any evidence. Now, I'll just say, it's definitely not normal for so many mainly young athletes to suffer from cardiac arrest or to die while playing their sport, but this year it is happening. Many of these heart issues and deaths come shortly after they got a vaccine. While it is possible this can happen to people who did not get a COVID vaccine, the sheer numbers clearly point to the obvious case. Oh yeah, what a conspiracy theorist. Aren't they clearly just going, the vaccine did it and we all know that, you crazies. That is the most obviously objective stance you could possibly start out with. Yes, we know it's not, we, it could be other things, but all we're showing you is that there's an obvious problem. Yes. Guys, it just really pains me to see how, like, look, look, my point is this guy knows that he's doing this. These are terrible people that are willfully, and I mean, they're trying to scare you into something that's dangerous for you by acting like they're so right that you, like, they're just trying to smugly push you in that direction by going, well, he must be right. Look at how smug he is. It's, it breaks my heart that people follow these kind of shill. I mean, there's a thousand words I could throw out, but that doesn't mean anything. Those are just, sub, those are my subject, subjective emotional opinions. This guy just lied to you in verifiable ways that are not only dismissing that these people are suffering, but that you care enough to actually do your own research and due diligence. This is a 10 year review of sudden death, 10 years. 
on the NIH National Library of Medicine. Okay, 10-year study. And it says very clearly, there were 201 sports-related adult deaths at an incidence rate of 0.76 to 1.49 per 100,000 participant years. Okay, first of all, 201 in the in a 10-year span. 201. There has been so far, I mean, even they'll point to 300 people that they say have accidents, but they pretend it's, well, the injections didn't cause it. Okay, so then why aren't you concerned about the fact that we are now way over the 10-year amount? Because they don't care about that, right? All they care about is making sure they protect their precious injection narrative. That's disgusting. Then, and realize that even taking this metric of 0.76, and I, I've been citing the 0.1.49 per 100,000 participant years, and I've been saying athletes act, it, it, misrepresenting that. I should, that's something I should point out. That's, that happens sometimes when I'm saying it off the cuff, and that's my fault. It's participant years, not athletes. Either way you look at this, it is astronomically more than where we actually are right now. Or excuse me, where we actually are right now is astronomically more than what this study found. And of course, that sudden cardiac death during sports is rare. Now, another one from FIFA. So just before we move past it, recognize this alone completely demolishes what this smug guy is putting forward. This is this is the so the evidence that he apparently couldn't find in his aggressive research as after reading the fact check article and being done with his day, right? Very clear. Here's FIFA. This is a a, a six year study, sudden death registry. Now you'll what you'll know, excuse me, four year study. Now you'll notice that this number is high. So the point is, as I said before, and I said on Brian's show, study the not, none none a single one of these studies should be seen as the answer or everything. As I think this whole thing from COVID-19 should show you that just science can be fallible, obviously. Trust the method of scientific method, not science itself. That's ridiculous. The point is, take these things and research them and recognize that they could be different. They could change. So the two studies are quite different, but both of them show you one clear thing, that the number that they're finding from multiple year studies are less than where we are now. This is four years, and it says a total of 617 players with sudden deaths reported from 67 countries. I also point out that this wasn't including 67 countries, right? So then that's why the numbers will vary. This is, this is just 19,740 autopsies completed in a study period. From and It's a much smaller grouping, right? So in this case, we have 201 in a 10-year review. Here, you've got 617 from 67 countries over four years. Either way you look at this, what you do find is that this is exponentially more. And this is just a little over one year. That's it. A little over one year. And again, every single one of these people can be provably shown to have a cardiac arrest and provably shown to have the injection. It's right there. Do your due diligence. Unlike this guy over here at CNN. Now, both of these also show you something else interesting I noticed that it says of these deaths, uh, it says in this case, uh, oh, right here, the, the 68% of them were due to cardiac causes with coronary artery disease and so on. Now, what that shows you is the opposite of what we're seeing. If there's no clear cause, that's not, that's not they didn't have some pre-existing condition they didn't find. They, this is a rapid onset something. They just all of a sudden had a heart attack and you can't figure out why, or they all of a sudden had some weird situation, a blood clot. These people, what you're finding in these studies, had pre-existing problems, most of them anyway, and that's shown afterward. That's not what we're finding right now, and I've proven you that. Here is another interesting part of it, same point, finding that 
most of the older people, older, same thing, artery disease and so on. But then the younger ones had sudden unexplained death. Now, what does that sound like to you? Now, this is just my opinion. They could explain it. Like, I look, my gut, my opinion based on what we've seen before, like for SIDS or any of these things, or how about MISC, what we're seeing today, they still have never proven that's COVID connected. They say it is, they haven't proven it. You can look it up on their website. It's just an association. All these things, in my opinion, are being caused by things they don't want you to see. Sudden explained death, in my opinion, what could be exactly what we're dealing with now to a lesser degree then. Just my thoughts. Either way, all of this very clearly shows that this guy is either completely ignorant and just regurgitates what he's told to say, or he's a very dishonest person and is willfully hiding this information from you. Well, you know, smugly moving his glasses like he's the smartest person in the room. Now, on that note, we can also point out that what they're trying to hide from you on top of that, that myocarditis risks are unbelievably obvious, which is just one of the parts that are causing this cardiac problem in athletes. As this study from June 29th, 2021 says, myocarditis following immunization with mRNA vaccines in members of the military. I've already shown you this one, actually. I had a bunch of stuff highlighted in this that I was going to go into, but I just want to show you, I think, mainly these two parts. It says, a total of 23 male patients, all military members were previously healthy with a high level of fitness. Seven received MR, uh, Pfizer, 16 received Moderna. A total of 20 patients out of 23, 20 out of 23 had system, a symptom onset following the second dose of an appropriately spaced two-dose series. All patients had significantly elevated cardiac troponin levels, which connects to other things we've talked about in the past, and I think in the show today. All had findings consistent with the clinical diagnosis of myocarditis. That's 20 out of 23, not children. Men, this in the, it says in, in this case series, myocarditis occurred in previously healthy military patients with similar clinical presentations following recent a receipt of an mRNA injection. Further surveillance and evaluation of this adverse event following immunization is warranted. Potential for rare, of course, they say that in every case, despite 20 out of 23 being anything but rare, Vaccine-related adverse events must be considered in the context of well-established risk of morbidity, including cardiac injury following the COVID infection. They include this just simply because they know that's going to give them. They, if they came out and said this is causing myocarditis, it's dangerous. They would get attacked, like every other thing that's done so, by coming out and going. But we have to consider that you can still get it after the infection. Is meaningless. What does that have to? This has nothing to do with the fact that people are getting the injection and then getting and then getting myocarditis verifiably so. On top of that, the risk of getting the infection is only there once you get the infection, which most people have a very low risk of catching or dying from. When you get the injection, it's instantaneous. Your risk is there right there, right away. That's the false choice they keep presenting with you. Here's another one. January 25th, 2022. Myocarditis cases reported after mRNA-based COVID vaccination in the U.S. from December 2020 to August 2021. This one I did have a bunch of stuff highlighted as well. Just go to the big... But the bottom two parts here. Conclusion first. It says, based on passive surveillance reporting in the U.S., the risk of myocarditis after receiving the mRNA injection was increased across these the multiple age and sex strata and was highest after the second vaccination dose in men. And we just saw that in the other one. The point is, it's higher than they even told you it was before. This risk should be considered in the context of the benefits of the vaccination. They're not doing that, though. They're pretending it's not valid in the conversation because it's riskier to get the infection, but that's not a fair argument and it's also not riskier. But going to this part, which is also think is important, long-term outcome data 
are not yet available for COVID vaccine-associated myocarditis cases. Now, wait a minute. How then can they argue that you're not at risk if they don't know the long, well, you know the answer to that. They love to play that game on their side. They know everything right now, except what they don't know, the long-term risks of COVID infection. Yet another hypocritical statement, right? So we care about the unknown risks from COVID infection, even though we don't know them, and even though it's very clear that that's, there's a lot of stuff to talk about there. But then when it comes to the injection, we don't know. And again, going back to that same point, uh, where was it, right? Wait, didn't I bring that up? Did I close it? Hmm. We'll grab it again. Going to this part of it again. You'll recognize that not only do they not have in- information about whether it interacts with their vaccines, not only do they not have information about use in patients with autoimmune inflammatory disorders or use in frail patients with comorbidities, which is elderly people, limited information on safety, right? All these things they tell you, you don't have information of the safety in immunocompromised people, even though we give it to immunocompromised people. We don't have safety for breastfeeding or pregnancy, even though we give it to pregnancy. It's just absurd. But long-term safety data. The long-term safety data of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines is unknown to the president. Why? Because the safe, because, oh, that's weird. Uh, it was, oh, that's a different page. Actually, I was thinking of something else. But regardless, it tells you right now, long-term safety data of this injection is not known. Actually, I swear, I feel like that's changed. It's crazy. I thought it before it said because it wasn't included in the original stuff. I'll, I'll check that as I go forward. Maybe get the Wayback Machine. Maybe it's changed on us. I wouldn't be surprised. Where were we though? So here we are. The point is, my point was that they don't seem to care about that. Not only about the long-term possibilities of the myocarditis risk, but just the general risk of in, in, in the vaccine. We don't know the long-term risk. So why don't we bleed about that compared to the risk of long haul, which is being shown to be psychosomatic? I mean, it's just absurd. The CDC has started active follow-up surveillance in adolescents and young adults, even though it's, I don't know why it's, they keep framing it like that. It's obviously from like 18 to 64, this problem is very prevalent. But it says to assess the health and functional status of cardiac outcomes at three to six months in probable and confirmed cases of myocarditis. Tveyors. Okay, so they dismiss every one of them. They censor people that say they have it. They don't talk about it. They act like we're crazy for even bringing it up. Yet they're currently studying to find out if we're accurate. Even though we're pretty obviously being shown with the science like this and everything else, that it's obviously accurate. It's happening. It's, it's even been put on risk labels in other parts of the world. <laughs> Here we are. They're studying that risk by pretending we're crazy for talking about it. For patients with myocarditis, the American Heart Association <clears throat> and the American <clears throat> excuse me, College for Cardiology guidelines advise that patients should be instructed to refrain from what? Competitive sports for three to six months. Well, geez, that seems relevant. And that documentation of a normal electrocardiogram result, ambulatory rhythm monitoring, and the exercise test should be obtained prior to res- resumption of sports. Okay, so how many people do you think got the injection in sports? And how many of them got something that we're seeing happen to some degree they admit is possible, right? And then how many of them didn't know that that happened, right? How many of them went back to playing sports? And then how many of them had a problem after competitive playing competitive sports when they, right here, they're telling you that's a problem right? You see, this is the kind of stuff that this guy doesn't want to ask. These are very obvious connections, right? Let's not pretend this is them telling you this is real. It can be. They've admitted myocarditis. It can happen. And they're telling you, well, if you have myocarditis, which they just told you can happen because of the injection, which all those people in the sports fields got, that is something that you should avoid after avoid sports 
And if you do, well, it could lead to ex- the, big, the problems that we are seeing. But yet, fake news, though, completely, as we watch 600 athletes collapse in the field, right? The use of cardiac MRI is unclear, but it may be useful in evaluating the progression of, of a resolution of myocarditis. Uh, it says further doses of mRNA-based COVID vaccines should be deferred. Look at that. That's not what they're telling people. People are getting their people are having heart attacks, and they're being like, "Get the get the booster, so you're safe." Talk about misinformation. Talk about dangerous medical misinformation. Not this study, but obviously, well, yeah, I mean, even this to a large degree, telling people, but not. But I'm talking about the experts and the and the politicians pushing this stuff based on passive. Oh, I already read that. Okay, so there's there. I mean, all of this stuff is continuing to add to the picture. All of it. Just one more quick example of something that just happened, and I believe this was. In Brazil, this guy live on the TV. Yeah, that's normal. Right. Okay. So here's here's the interesting argument. Fact check because that's how you know instantly. For fact check that guy didn't faint because of this. Is that what? It's so funny that that would be what they're wasting their time on if we're just a bunch of conspiracy theorists, right? That's not what happens. They're they're not going out. It's it's funny to me that they would frame it like every time they possibly can. They they manipulate that framing. But here here's the Reuters article. Fact check: Brazilian anchor says his fainting on air was not caused by booster. So the fact check is this guy says that's not the case. I'm let's lump let's, let's add Reuters next to this guy. That's absurd. But it says it is true that he received his third dose of the vaccine days earlier. Ah, okay. And we know that people can have all these problems. But we have fake news, though, because we know for sure. But according to TV channel and himself, it wasn't related. Oh, great. So people that have a vested interest in carrying this narrative told us it's not the case. Oh, cool. Great fact checking. Guess what else, though? Because you know that's not where I would end. And guess what else it happens to say way at the bottom of the article? Quote, we bring you the news that according to experts from our region, they have already ruled out that this was an issue of third dose. The experts ruled that out. How? Did they cut into his body? Well, no, he's still alive. I guess they just took his word for it, didn't they? Oh, because we're, we know that's not the case. That's, that's the fact check. But Lopez added, guess what he got all of a sudden? A, con- a, a heart disorder. <laughs> I guess they just, and they just discovered them. Okay, is it possible that he had a heart disorder from before? And they didn't know. Yes, and I'll always tell you that. But ask yourself: they just dismiss this out of hand, and then after the fact, they're like, "Oh, it's a heart problem." On January fourteenth, he took after the fact took Instagram and Facebook to inform about his diagnosis of a mitral annular disjunction. Now, actually, what I wanted to do, actually, I think that's the last highlighted. Okay, here, I want to do this real quick. Let's see what this says. Is a structural abnormality of the mitral annulus fibrosis described by path, uh, pathologists in association with mitral leaf fibrosis? Uh, like, just at a quick glance, it would look like something that would probably be there for before. Structural abnormality sort of sounds like a pre-existing problem, but just a quick, I don't want to dive any deeper. But, you know, the point is that it's, it's interesting to see this, that they would dismiss so quickly and be like, no, no, the heart problem, which we know is largely associated with the vaccine, is not connected with the booster. He just got two days before passing out. It was just that what he just got tired and just was and just made this weird sound as he fell over. Like that's not what you, that's not how it works. It says almost after it says after almost two weeks of recovery, a lot has happened. The main thing being that I discovered this heart problem. 
which is a small malformation in the muscle. So now I have an automatic defibrillator implanted to prevent my heart from getting new scares. So, okay, but here's the other part of this. And I'm glad I remembered this. He could have had a pre-existing heart condition. And that's all the more reason why the injection probably caused this to get exponentially worse. Just my opinion. Again, you can't prove that. The point is that plenty, look, it's again, it's a logical point. If they can, if they're admitting openly, and that evidence is showing to be rapidly increased by the peer-reviewed science that's coming out. The risk of myocarditis is much higher than letting on from the injection. They're admitting that can happen. What is that? Swelling of the heart. So somebody who already has a heart problem but doesn't know it yet gets an injection that causes swelling of the heart or can. And then when that problem gets worse, we don't ask whether that thing that it can cause created the impetus for this problem. I mean, again, guys, this is just insanity. This is willful ignorance. And I'm not saying because they're ignoring that it's the case, but I'm saying because they're choosing to ignore the question. If you don't ask whether this caused it, then you're not doing your due diligence. Now, finally, to add to this, just what somebody added on to this, I want to point out is they say more, and this, this has been continuing to be seen, continued to be seen, more medical emergencies in the crowds at football games. I mean, I keep hearing this. I keep seeing this. And I even I even had one that I played in the show before at this. Remember this? Even before this. But there was this eight people dead and several injured at this Houston festival. And guys, there were people passing out all over. They were, oh, it was meth- uh, fentanyl or all sorts of things. And sure, could it have been? Sure. But how about the concert before that that we showed where I think like seven, six people ended up having weird pass outs where the entire concert had to be paused. And it wasn't this one. They pause, oh, guys, let's, let's help them out. And that, that happened here too. But I'm saying there were different examples of this. There's been examples of soccer games, of baseball games, of football games, people where they just pass out in the middle of the game. Now, yes, can it happen? Yes. But it, just like with the sports here, when's the last time you saw that? And we're not talking about where it just got caught on a phone. We're talking about people that are, it's such a, a clear commotion that the people, the, the commentators and the cameras focus on it. Now, just by saying, when's the last time you saw that and, and knowing that you haven't seen it before, it's not enough to prove it, as we're honest enough to say. But why aren't they asking these questions with everything we've just presented? Now, listen to what this Australian funeral industry worker is telling you. Now, again, as always, this is what she's saying. She could be wrong or everything. We always add to that. But listen to what she's saying, which completely backs up what the other insurance industries are talking about, what the other uh, 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 um, a few funeral workers are saying and what plenty of people have backed up that they've seen that they're witnessing the reality, as they say, an explosion of young men and babies, blood clots, heart attacks with completely inconclusive rea- information and acting like that's normal. This is their job. And they're telling you they have never seen this before. So yeah, you could argue they lie or they're making it up or because they're whatever reason, this or that or the other. But how many times is this going to continue to be shown before we start asking whether it's happening based on everything else we are seeing? That they're admitting blood clots, admitting all the things that are happening, and then dismissing stuff like this. So what were you saying? Um, Definitely a lot happening. Um, That people only realize and could step one day into the amount of babies, people, the babies that we're doing. um, young young men, all um, heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, um, and the odd thing we're finding is the paperwork is um, inconclusive and unknown. It's what they're dying of. 
uh, no services straight to the um, furnaces, um, and then the, the people are getting the ashes back with the urn. And that, and that's a COVID thing, right? But just they like forcing people to do that because of COVID. But what it's also doing, hiding evidence. Um, but we're flat out picking up. Uh, some of the places are actually instilling extra large uh, freezers that hold a minimum of 20. And uh, some of them are ordering eight big containers that each hold, hold 20 bodies. So um, everyone just needs to realise, don't do it here. Look at it from us. We've had enough. We don't want to see the little kids that are getting jammed. Which we're waiting. It's going it's to come. It's going to be the next thing coming. 100%. So, um, Which is obviously her opinion, but I agree. Babies are enough. Where are you located? In Sydney. I, think um, I won't keep names because yeah. it, we're, it, it's a very clicky business to be in. Uh, some people are, are not awake in it. So um, we have to be careful who we talk to and whatever. And um, we don't care, jab or not jab, don't care. Everyone just needs to know, don't do the kids. Don't do the kids, guys. I mean, her point is simply what she's seeing. And that, that's what you should take away from that is in her job. What she is seeing is what she just described. And that's, you know, could just be her job. Maybe there's some weird thing happening in her one location in the world, but that's been backed up by plenty of other people. So if you're unwilling to ask why, why we're seeing so many babies and children and, and all these different things that are, then you're choosing to remain ignorant. Now, to add to this on top of everything else I've said, just to include this, as they dismiss these problems, like even, even in this guy's video where he said, and then got better, like, like that ends the story. Of course, again, he cares, fails to do his due diligence in the, in the fact that this, also, this, this study from 2012, also peer-reviewed on the NIH, the Library of Medicine, about myocarditis in general, shows you, or they find, and you can read through this for yourself, that non-fulminant, which means non, not serious, Active myocarditis has a mortality rate of 25 to 56% within three to 10 years, owing to progressive heart failure and sudden cardiac death, especially if symptomatic heart failure manifests early on. So it, that, that's what we're talking about, like an instantaneous manifestation. I shouldn't say instant, but very quick, rapid. And, and all of a sudden you've got this problem, like the peer, uh, uh, Division one golfer, his doctors told him, you got myocarditis from the injection and they censored him for it, even as they admit that it can happen. The point is, yes, he seems to get better. And they go, well, see, he's better. Except he has a 25 to 56% increased potential mortality over the next three to 10 years. 56 potential increase. You're willing to risk the chance that he could have a 50, 25 to 56% increase in dying over the next 10 years? Children? Apparently that's okay to them though, because oh, he got better. Not serious. Well, yeah, that's what they're talking about right there. And this, guys, is why I'm convinced that they're trying to hide what is currently happening at some level with all the reports that we're seeing. Oh, here's the sun. Oh, hidden risk. Urgent warning as 300,000 Brits are living with stealth disease that could kill within five years. Why would the, like, out of nowhere, in the midst of an obvious issue of clear heart problems, they come out and go, oh, these people have this stealth thing that we're not really defining, but could happen within five years. Who knows? Like this is overall in conjunction with the original part we talked about here, the time bomb, right? You have a obvious booster time bomb ticking down 
between after three months. And this is going to get much, much worse. But then, of course, you also have the issues that it's building, that it's creating the myocarditis, the blood clots, the, and this is what doctor, people like Dr. Bhakti have told you are a ticking time bomb. These people are creating blood clots and the injections are continuing to create spike protein. It's, it's, it's a, it's a matter of time for mo. It doesn't mean every single person, but it means that this is happening in your body to some degree and it's only going to cause problems, but some people are going to get it much, much worse. And we're seeing it happen in front of us. And that's why I think these are rolling out. Here's another one. Oh, get this energy bill prices rise may cause heart attacks and strokes says this one guy on TVGP. That's what it is. A doctor has warned that electric spikes may cause heart attacks and strokes to rise. Yeah, but let's make an entire article about this one guy's just complete assumption or argument without, I mean, there's a thousand other things. Funny enough, Brian and I talked about this on a show, like the the, the uh, correlation causation thing, right? I think he he used the argument of like ice cream and sharks about, you know, why the, why the increased sale of ice cream increases the risk of shark attacks. And it's not necessarily that they are meaning that if you eat more ice cream, that it causes more shark attacks, but rather that when you break it down, you find out that the increased sale of, of ice cream means that it's hotter outside, which means more people are on the beaches, which tend to mean in certain locations, there just tends to be more shark attacks. It doesn't mean that they're connected, right? That's the kind of, they try to apply that to what we're doing, even though we clearly show you the difference there. Correlation is not causation, but it is important. Just be, I mean, so that's my point here. Heart attacks and strokes are clearly at an unbelievable high because of what we're doing to our population. But let's pretend like these electricity prices are the cause of that or the stealth disease that we never even talked about that might happen over this five year period that we can use whenever we want. Or that now apparently shaking your duvet too vigorously is apparently making you increase your heart attack risk. This is not a joke. This right side says it. So now, literally anything can cause a heart attack. How very convenient. Here's Channel 7's story today how stress harms your heart and how to avoid it. Now, yes, these are true in regard to the stress, at least. I don't, flipping your duvet around isn't it's ridiculous. But the point is why, like, for instance, we have this gigantic ad on the side of a bus that says, children have strokes too. Yeah, a very small percentage. So, why would you do this massive push and ad campaign in sides of buses? Because they want to make sure you see it. Somebody sent this to me. And just this, this is all over the place. Experts warn that shoveling snow can be a deadly way to discover underlying cardiovascular disease. Energy bill may stress. Experts say post-pandemic stress could lead to heart disease. These are all happening right now. Urgent warning from heart surgeons as a quarter of Britain's at risk. They just want you to know. It's not the injection. It's not the injection. It's not the injection. Stress and diet. Researchers, cold weather can cause heart attacks. This is crazy. Now, there's some level of truth to some of these. This one says, what is this? Stroke may be triggered by anger, upset, or intense exercise. Oh, great. Exercise? Yeah, guys, this is crazy. Because they know what's happening, in my opinion, and they're trying to hide it behind these flimsy, very small percentage kind of things. Now, here's the one of the, a good, a good article, a good uh, post from uh, Star on our BitChute account, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, she's now posting on BitChute and Rumble, I guess, so far. Myocarditis and athletes. Great breakdown. Oh, actually, I think this has me talking. I don't want to play that, but anyway, I'll pl- I'm going to end with that clip today, probably for the, the, the collapsing athletes, but watch this for yourself and just see this compilation of information that we've gone through and see how ridiculous it is that they're dismissing this stuff. It's just painful. Painful.
feel free to jump in here and give let them know what you think, guys, because this is something that is... I, oh, and by the way, it's exactly things like this for why they remove the dislike button. There's no number there. You know, you, they get to see it for sure, but they remove the number. They don't want you to see that. And then, of course, they aggressively cultivate the information in the comments like they always do. You would see what was really happening if they let you see that downvote ratio because they do not have the majority. They want you to think they do. And an example of that, to really walk away knowing that you are the majority is to recognize what's happening in Canada right now. And by the way, because of that all around the world. First of all, I think stuff like this is, I think, desperate moves by people in authority to pander to, and rightly so, to the people standing up for their freedoms. They're afraid of those people because that's the everything that's happening right now is about squelching that, stopping that, stomping on them and stopping them from realizing that they can do with anything they want when they're all on the same side. Saskatchewan, Canada, to scrap mandatory vaccination requirements. Now it says to scrap, I, who, it, a hard sneeze tomorrow could turn that back in the direction of whatever they want. But on top of that, the infrastructure is still there. So this is what we talk about with the fortified retreat where we're just, that we're going to wait here. They may not push it on you, but they sure as hell have the infrastructure in place for what they want. But this is just a point to show you that we, that you're pushing back does have an effect. Oh, that's interesting. This guy uh, used to write for Collective Evolution. He's a good writer. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen his work in a long time, so I'm not sure where he's gone since then. Lots changed since back then, but nonetheless, this is a good thing to see that they're rolling it back. We need to keep pushing, but. As and I'm try, I did this kind of in order because I, I haven't done a show in a couple of days. This is from February 4th going forward. Here is Rich People Weekly pointing out the predatory oligarchy and its mechanisms are being exposed. Yes, guys, for crying out loud, if anybody anywhere is still using GoFundMe, I have no I, I, that That is for manipulators. Not that you use it, it means you're a minute, but the point is you will get stolen from if you're using it for something that they don't like. You, they, the people who use it to, you know, like a Kavanaugh discussion are the manipulators. Why in the world we would finally give money to people who don't get attacked by the right to the right? And these are all part of the problem. Meanwhile, people are starving to death and they're on there too. And you're giving money to billionaires who got attacked by the left or the right because that's manipulation. The point is GoFundMe is broken and disgusting. Hashtag, hashtag boycott GoFundMe. They're stealing from a human rights protest on the word of the authorities. That's what's happening. This article is fear and loathing in Ottawa as more protests loom as trying to frame these people standing up for their rights as some kind of terrorist movement, which is just disgusting. But here is the reality. Thank you, Bernie's tweet, for pointing this out. This is the chief of police tells the city council that the mayor and staff are responsible for GoFundMe removing the donation site and that fuel and food supplies will be next, which we'll get to, and they are right now. Total state control of citizens' bodies and movements, while then influencing a supposedly a political donation raising location which shows you not only are they willing to censor but that the government is willing to overstep these boundaries if really that there are no boundaries we have through the efforts of deputy bell christian you know uh, the mayor and his staff we've been able to shut down the go funding program that's a temporary reprieve because the funds are already moving in different directions we are now going after supply and, and fuel coming into the area through investigations and intelligence operations and interdictions, all of which are, were underway yesterday, fully underway today. Wow. Isn't that's incredible. 
guy, that guy, the, the, that that's the police, that's the police, chief of police right there. He is openly talking. I don't know whether you thought this wouldn't get out or what. He's openly saying, not only do we shut down their freedom of speech, right? Their freedom of a lot of different, we shut down their constitutional rights by not allowing them to do this. We made GoFundMe do this and probably, and now understand that since then, it's been frozen, refrozen and so on. They're admitting that they did this that they're responsible for shutting this down, then that they're going after attacking what? Let's not forget that they're in the middle, it's snowing, and we're stopping them from having fuel and ways to heat themselves. Yes, because they just don't like what they're doing. But that's not justifiable, is it? They're not, they are literally protesting. Now, on top of that, you could argue that plenty of people that are involved in this or around it aren't necessarily there by choice. You get caught in traffic or whatever else. You are just broadly attacking citizens of your country for doing something that's constitutionally protected. You guys are disgusting. You are the tyrants. You are the authoritarians. Completely overwhelmed with their own perceived power. That's incredible. This is from not February 2nd. Fundraiser for Quebec City Freedom Convoy protest canceled after Simplic canceled payments to the campaign on their site. So I'm not familiar with this company. But apparently this is just, just as problematic. Simplic is 100% free online fundraising platform. Hashtag boycott Simplic. They are cowards like the rest of them. They just simply pull it out and cancel it on them when it was already happening because politics. Cowards. A citizen journalist sent this to, uh, to Lincoln. Uh, this looks like it's from Rebel News. More report, reports to come on the street right now. This is the... Uh, police seizing fuel from these truckers. Un- again, ask yourself, under what context, under what legal standing do you have to take things from people by virtue of being present? Just because you pass a mandate that's not law that says that they just can't bring things to these people? I don't even know how you can lo- logically stand there and say, we passed a law that says you can't bring food to people? Unbelievable. Oh that the volunteers locally have been bringing in. You can see it right there. So they're they're desperate just to shut down this whole thing. Law doesn't even play into it anymore. They're just stealing from them. Now this is, uh, this, this she's also from uh, Rebel, I believe. Now it says, anyone attempting to bring material, this is from the Ottawa Police Department, anyone attempting to bring material support gas, et cetera, anything to the demonstrators could be subject to arrest. You can get, they're, they're telling them they can arrest you for bringing food to somebody protesting. They also told you, by the way, that you can't financially support them. That means that you don't have to be there. Now, first of all, this does say material, but they've already argued that you, by the law they put out or their mandate, their, their authoritarian executive order mandate kind of situation that you can't even support them financially, or you could actually be fined or attacked. But as they say, Canadian prisons, inside Canadian prisons, what are you in for? Church, you, donating firewood. Hey, new guy, what'd you do? Terrorism, I honked after seven. Obviously being facetious, but I mean, for crying out loud, you're putting, you're arresting people for, for this, this is obviously tyrannical. Two farmers volunteering at a trucker protest in Ottawa are being arrested for having empty slip tanks in their truck. Their truck is being impounded and towed by Ottawa Metro Towing. Make Ottawa Metro Towing Company famous. Okay, next level craziness here. Next level craziness, the police have gone too far. These are 
two volunteer farmers with empty slip tanks. Nothing in there. Empty slip tanks. I didn't get here soon enough, but they have been arrested, taken away in cuffs, and their trucks have been impounded, are now being towed by Ottawa Metro Towing. Two good, hardworking men, Canadians, farmers. Now, the point here, I mean, obviously the towing company should be called out as well, but it's more so about the government, the police department, the enforcing arm. And the bottom line is they either came there with gas and gave it to people, which is not a crime, and they got arrested for it, and they're going to have to pay to pull those out. Farmers, probably with what's going on in the world, if they don't have much money and, and that doesn't matter to them, or they showed up with empty tanks and they still don't care and arrested them anyway. Either way, guys, this is unbelievable. So far, so far outside the realm of what we ever would have thought would happen. I mean, not I, I shouldn't say it like that, but the, the, the average person would have ever thought. I mean, we I, I never would have believed they'd go this far, but it didn't surprise me. The largest French Canadian newspaper in Canada's front page after police arrest and seize fuel from, from people trying to support them. Ottawa police finally wake up. Right. Pan, not, not even a shy, not shameful support of an obviously inju- an unjust and Ill- illegal action, but because their narrative supports it, good. They finally st- stop those silly people supporting their rights over there. How dare they stand up for what they believe in? Right. So, okay. So it's Black Lives Matter. will destroy things and break things down in some cases. And of course, we 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 act like that's acceptable because what an important cause. But here we are in these places where you're framing them unjustly. Where by and large, it's the opposite. Where they're aggressively enforcing on themselves to stop these things from happening. But uh oh, we saw one flag over here. We didn't like. Suddenly, everybody everywhere fake news terrorists, and they're all bad people. It's disgusting. And to finish, oh look at that. Who's this? Looks like uh, Jim. Uh, it was uh, I'm forgetting the guy's actual uh, a- a MP Ottawa, and this is the mayor of Ottawa, or excuse me, the way mayor of Ottawa pointing this out and pointing to member of parliament speaking at none other than the World Economic Forum Shape North America Conference. Now you may not think that's important. I do. I think it's very relevant when these people that are leading this entire effort are part of the World Economic Forum's push, which is obviously tied into the Great Reset, which is obviously then tied into their young global leaders, which represents most every single person you could point to in powerful positions today, which is exactly the point. Before we get there, to finish with that part of it, this is the world of trucker rallies or trucker protests. The world is is, is growing in this regard. And I, 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 I think this went global in the beginning, guys. Truckers for Freedom in Germany happening right now. They're here to bring the world truckers, retweet, follow us, and so on. They're all marching. These, it's happening around the world, guys. And it's not just about truckers. This is just the term, like the yellow vest, that gets it going. It's about people standing up for what they believe in. The truck has just become the symbol so, of solidarity with other groups. Of course, in the mind of the, of the absurd media, they pretend that means they're far right. Supremacist, white supremacist, just irrational. Nothing. It's so obviously not the truth. But here, oh, look, it's Klaus Schwab. Not really. A big thank you to our employees of the year. I love that. 2021. And look at that, as we've shown you before. Justin Trudeau. You know, you got Canada, you got Australia, you got UK, you got the United States, you got France, you got Israel, you know, Germany, all of them. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They're all part of the World Economic Forum, and they're all leading this agenda, most of which were young global leaders. 
That's a group of people brought up by the Klaus Schwab of, of sentiment of the world. Oh, hold on. I thought I had that uh, clip on here. Maybe not. Let me see if I can grab it real quick. Oh, yeah, I think I do. I think that's the one. Let's find out. We have, uh, if, if I look at our stakeholders, we have business, uh, of course, um, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, uh, continuous um, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course, and very important um, experts and scientists and academia. Because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions, and the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, development. Now, that's not the one, though, but there was another one that I just played. If I can't, if it's not this one, then I'm just going to skip it. But that's, that, was, that, that was exactly the point, though. That was the relevant point, is that he's basically telling you that they influence all these people. But there was one that I think this is the one that shows you this breakdown. Yeah, here it is. Oh, no, never mind. It's not. I think we should look. Yeah, that's the same one. Uh, anyway, you guys have seen the clip I played before. Uh, it's somebody else's video, by the way, and I did have that in the show notes somewhere. But in any case, it shows you the, just the pictures of all the people in the World Economic Forum as young global leaders. And it's basically this, but in a, in a video. And it's just it's really powerful to see how many of them are part of this agenda. It's pretty crazy. Now, to finish off really quickly, I just want to point out that this is happening still, and this is a really big, important part of this. That once this, this does officially happen, that's going to be a, this is going to be alarming. This is Daily Mail framing it exactly how we should see this, and it's the spreading COVID disinformation to become a criminal offense under the online safety bill, which is in the works right now. A criminal. This is what we've been telling you is coming. You're not, they're going to frame by simply pointing out what we can point, prove with peer-reviewed science or whatever else. If they deem it misinformation, you are going to be arrested. This is we should not miss. We should not underplay how important this is, how alarming this is. As this person points out, it's an extremely bad idea, especially given that the vast majority of the disinformation has come from the regime. Exactly, but they won't see it that way. They're going to their narrative is what's important to them. Just like this guy, doesn't matter. The facts don't even play into the conversation. Here's the article. New, now web giants face fraud and hate crime crackdown. Online safety bill will force firms to protect users. Of course, that's how they frame it. Oh, God, son of a gun. Okay, good. I didn't get it all. The point is, oh, well, <laughs> I lost it. It was just this top part. The point is, they're framing it as protecting you, of course, but the way they push into this is the same way they tried to use the, the, the pedophilia angle to argue, well, we need to stop the pedophiles from doing this. And it was, wasn't really even remotely about that. They were trying to tap into the, the conversation, what they thought was important, which it should be to people that were understanding that there's a really big problem around that in regard to Hollywood and people in political situations. And for those listening right now and scoffing at that, oh, did you forget about Epstein and their sex trafficking network of powerful people? Yeah, that's all fake news, right? But what's funny is that that's how they try to frame this. They use, oh, well, it's about attacking people and threatening people's lives. Now, it's, I promise you, this is almost entirely about the COVID-19 misinformation narrative. As it says, web giants are facing a major crackdown, and that's not true. 
The web giant, the Silicon Valley of the world are behind this. This gives them the reasons to censor without any justification. That's what we've been saying from day one. On the worst illegal activity taking place in their platforms. The, by the way, guys, right now, if it's illegal, they can already remove it. Like, let's make sure we're clear about that. If it's a crime, there's no question. They can do anything they want. It's against the law. You could take it down. So why would you need to make a new law that says the same thing? See, obviously that's not what's happening. The online safety bill will now include people smuggling, hate crimes, fraud, and revenge porn as priority illegal content. Priority, you see, it's already illegal. You don't need a new bill to make it extra illegal. That doesn't even mean anything. This is about pushing it back into your mind and framing it as being about these things. It's not. It means tech companies will be forced to protect users from being exposed to such ra- such. Uh, exposed to such content rather than waiting for it to be flagged, right? But they don't need to do that. That's a lazy aspect of the way they've conducted themselves. The reality is they're supposed to be deleting legal content. Under changes to the draft legislation announced yesterday, the government has also added three new criminal offenses to deal with internet trolls. And here is the actual point. Crimes are already crimes. You don't need reason to remove them. The worst offenders could be jailed for up to five years for what? Threatening to kill members of parliament. Okay, so even that was already a crime. It's called, I mean, it's a crime. Threatening violence against anybody is a crime. Threatening violence against a member of parliament is an obvious crime. And celebrity, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. What's funny is they don't include you in there. The only, if you threaten powerful people and, and people with large followings, well, then you're, it's a crime. But if you threaten your neighbor, no, we don't care about that. You see how dumb that is? Well, bottom line is it's already a crime, no matter how you look at it. So this is dumb and just about making you think that we're protect. They're making these people a protected class. Spreading COVID-19 misinformation as an afterthought, of course, would also be covered under a crime of sending false communication. No, that's, that's the headline. That's what it is. Digital Secretary Nadine Doris said the updates would bring the full weight of the law against those who use Internet as a weapon to ruin people's lives. Oh. So you mean like those that are right now attacking people for not doing what they're supposed to, for doxing people that aren't going along with the narrative, you know, for that kind? No, that doesn't count. Oh, okay. So it's only one side of it, right? So only if you reveal things about people that they don't want you to show, well, that is what they don't like. The government is looking at ways to strengthen the draft bill. It is understood more changes are likely to be announced before. (laughs) Right. So this is just coming your way, guys. And it is about attacking those that don't do what they're supposed to under a guise of fighting for freedom or your safety. You see the logical conclusion here, right? We all see where this is clearly going. And it's all very clear that it's tying back to whether it's COVID-19 misinformation or climate change misinformation or whatever they want to frame it as, it's whatever they decide is no longer acceptable. That's completely their choice. And if you believe that they've lied about any part of this, why would you allow them to make a bill that says they get to decide what's no that's then this deemed misinformation. I, it's, it's one of these, we're at a point now where we all have everything we need in front of us to recognize what's actually happening. It's a choice, as I've said for a long time, to decide for yourself that these people are misleading you. And to end with this video yet again, that shows an undeniable reality of these people that very clearly did collapse, very clearly did have the injection and very clearly many cases are still struggling, hundreds of which actually died. And we're talking about the collapsing athletes. Guys, the the story is just clear. Now, thank you for sticking with us today for this very long show. Hopefully, you didn't even notice the things that were out of place or whatever else because of the censorship. Pretty sure I'm going to go get something 
something. I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. See if we can even afford it to get something new to make this actually work. Because it's going to keep happening. I don't know if we got to jump from thing to thing or use some kind of Faraday cage or who knows what's going on. Maybe it's just a glitch that seems to happen all the time at really important moments right before the show. You know, who knows? But I will not stop. As you should know by now, I'm going to fight for you no matter what, including that person that thinks we're crazy. I'm fighting for you too, even though you don't realize it. So thank you for being here today. I love you all, as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. After collapsing on the tennis courts. Breaking new details on the deaths of a high school soccer player. Finland, Denmark star man Christian Eriksson collapsing towards the end of the first half. The Kennedy High community mourning tonight after one of their high school football players died. A South Carolina high school football player has died after collapsing at football practice. Star college basketball player collapsing on the court. We want to warn you, the video may be difficult to watch. I see all the people led into deception by the very men bound to care, blinded by the promises, unknowingly sold despair. So leave your herd of sheep and follow this shepherd to revolutionary ends. World that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Revolution. Now it's happening all around you. If you cannot see, pull aside the curtain and see the war machine. It's time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare. So arm your fellow man, cause it's become destructive to its own ends. World that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Now it's happening all around you. If you cannot see, pull aside the curtain and see the war machine. It's time for you to rise up, 
Rise up and prepare To arm your fellow man As it's become destructive to its own ends The world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for The revolution The revolution The revolution's now It's happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain and see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare So arm your fellow man They become destructive to their own ends The world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are they ready for Are they ready for Are they ready for We the people